0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on go GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime.
1: On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
2: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
1: The opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto
1: Centers.
6: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. A beautiful morning. In St. Louis, by the way, the sun is shining. It's going to get up to the 60s. It's going to be another beautiful February day. Our last February day, by the way, February 28th. There will be no February 29th this year. Carrie no. Davis is here, Super Bowl champion. As you
7: heard, good morning, sir. How you doing? No, doing well. how are you, sir? Good. Would you hate to be born on February 29th? Well, we talked about this le- yesterday, and I was <laughs> asking if you were a-, a leap year baby, would you just say I'm I'm 10 and actually be like 40? I, I don't know. I would I, like that. I'm, how old are you? I'm 10. You're a grown man, sir. How, how old are you? Ten. I've had ten birthdays in my life. Yep, yep, and, and Rock spoke about his, his grandfather, who was a leap year baby. So on his 84th birthday, it was actually his 21st. So they mm-hmm. had a big blowout. They had a big uh, a birthday party for him for turning 21. He's 84-year-old man, but he's actually 21. So, you know, it's a special occasion if you are a leap year baby. So you, here's the thing. You, you,
6: you're 84, and you're really how old? What? 21? Yeah.
7: 21. Which is
6: cool, too, because I think it's 21st birthday. birthday was in the, the Pacific. But the, the cougar that you pick up online is going to be really <laughs> disappointed. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
7: oh, 21-year-old. Hey, hey, you know. hey, hey, You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> hey, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, Randy.
6: Yeah, so tomorrow is going to be March, and that means baseball is in full swing. The Cardinals back at it today, and... We'll keep you up to date on what's going on with the Cardinals after they took care of the Mets yesterday, 12-7. to 7. Your St. Louis Blues trying to get Kraken tonight All right. against Seattle. You don't like that? Uh, do I
7: mean, okay we'll, maybe they can. Maybe they can't. I, I don't
6: know. Against Seattle. Against but, Seattle. You know, the Kraken. Yeah, Vince Dunn. hit better well, the second like. day. It hit better <laughs> the second day. I liked it. I don't know you why. You like that happened.
7: nickname, Kraken? No? No, how are they? But okay. it's a yes. mythical thing there. But they do have, like I saw... a uh, uh, a video or something that they had, and it was like a really nice video. I think it was the goaltender surrounded by a Kraken, and it was him alone on the ice, a patch of ice. It was really, it was really cool. I get
6: the sense. Text in if I'm incorrect here. 314 Three one four three nine 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 six four six. A Kraken is essentially a Loch Ness monster. Yeah, and right? yeah.
8: Uh, no giant. It's a huge giant uh, squid, squid, giant octopus.
6: Does any does it really exist though,
8: uh, or is a Kraken uh, a mythical figure? Randy, I don't, I don't question the, what's in the ocean. I don't know enough. And it we do me not out. know. The ocean scares it, 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 it's I am so deep in so many 500 things. I am Hundred times more scared of the ocean than I am of space. Huh? Really?
7: The ocean terrifies How me. How is that possible? Beca- because man, that's that here. Is a, that, that is that like, is the stuff in the ocean hmm. is
8: here. It's on the planet with us. It. But it, it, you know there are things here, in outer space
7: that we have no clue. Yeah, I know, but right. it's out there. Yeah, but That's far they, away. They're, they're actually not. They're the here. Stuff haven't the you seen the balloons here, my in the God. air? It's here. Haven't you seen the the? the haven't you seen the they've been squid, here lately? The
8: giant squid was a myth until about like 40 years ago. Now it confirmed it's confirmed as real. So like,
7: they I do, don't know, man. They do constantly find different species in the ocean that they've never seen before. They
8: just found a fish that's so dark that you can't just, see it when it's like swimming around in the ocean. Yeah, just it's the kind fish and That's, don't te- get t- sharks that's terrifying. Of
6: it.
7: It's kind of creepy.
8: It's got sharp <laughs> teeth and you cannot see it if you're in the water with it. No, you that, shouldn't that's be in terrifying. the water. No, yeah. you well, shouldn't be,
6: exactly. As your Blues take on the Seattle Kraken pregame at 6 action at 7 here on your Home of the Blues 101 ESPN. The Blues will have a new player, hopefully in uniform tonight. Kasperi Kapanen claimed off waivers from the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Didn't play in the Game on Saturday, but excited to be here now. His first impressions? Yeah, like speed for sure, I think stands out, and size. um, Well, you know, well built guy, pretty good size, and uh, really good speed. So, those are the two things that stood out. That was pilot error on my fault, my my part. That was a Craig Ruby, the Blues yes. head coach. That was not Casper. I was gonna Kapanen. say
7: he sounded a lot like Jeff. Like <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's kind of yeah. scary.
4: Yeah.
6: Here is Kapanen's initial thoughts on being traded to St. Louis. Initial
5: thoughts were, to, you know, get me on a plane quick and maybe make the game and play against Pittsburgh. Obviously, that, that would have been uh, that would have been pretty funny, but. I'm just excited for the opportunity to be honest i mean it didn't uh, didn't work out in pittsburgh and and like i said i couldn't be more excited to join these guys and you know after just knowing them for a couple hours i'm uh you know it's a great group of guys and uh, just really happy to be here so i gotta tell you i did not expect kasperi kapanen
6: to sound like that <laughs>
7: <laughs> i just not how you envisioned it in your mind no not really nah, yeah i, I agree <laughs>
6: <laughs> but it's great because he'll be a go-to guy. We'll we'll have him on the show. Army, what prompted your interest in this guy?
3: A knowing that the number of players that we lost this year, we we get to a player that's that uh, hopefully is motivated. He should be motivated. Uh, he comes with a from a family background. He was a high pick, I got traded uh, for a first-round pick, uh, and for whatever reason, he didn't get the footing recently in Pittsburgh and. Uh, I'm sure there's enough responsibility for everyone involved to, to share uh, in his view and in Pittsburgh's view. So uh, we just felt that getting a player in here at his age that has a lot to prove uh, under contract next year for us so we don't have to go searching the market this year as we as we retool and, and we, we have a player that we know, know the cost. We get a good look at him. He gets a, a chance to play in a situation, uh, get more ice time and prove what he is as a player and uh, if it works out we have a chance to sign him a year from now. Kind of like when
6: the Blues traded Clem Costin to um, mm-hmm. Edmonton or when the Blues got Nail Yakupov from Edmonton. If a guy has the skill set to be a first round draft choice yeah. somebody saw something there and this guy was acclaimed as a legit first round pick so why not roll the dice it didn't cost nothing.
7: Give him a, get, yeah. I mean, he's a, As you said a former first round pick I obviously thought highly of coming out of you know minors and 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 out of you know wherever he came out of just just a young man mm-hmm. having an opportunity to be a first round pick to get him now and to see if he can actually get the time on ice get the opportunities to make plays he was he was getting around twelve minutes mm-hmm. twelve minutes a game on on the ice with the Pittsburgh Penguins so maybe getting more time or give him more opportunities more opportunities to score more opportunities to make plays. I want to see if he's going to get back and and play defense and do the mm-hmm. things that we've been talking about. That is much needed from the forwards that has kind of been lacking. Uh, if he's able to do that, you know, he's got a A plus on my report okay. card to from, from day one. Yeah,
6: you walk into the Blues and you're a forward that tries hard, man. You, you got a <laughs> that's a nice check mark <laughs> right off the put bat. A good mark it? on you, yes. The Billikens in a must win situation tonight if they hope to get that double bye in the A ten tournament there at VCU. By the way, Bradley, the number one seed in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, and we will have. Have tickets for the Valley tournament that takes place Thursday through Sunday. I mean, it starts in a couple of days. Yeah. Today's Tuesday, it starts Thursday. Arch Madness over at Enterprise Center, tickets available in Bradley, is the number one seed. Ali Marmol and CB Buckner shook hands hey. before the game hey, look at that.
7: Congratulations, CB. Hey, show class. Wait, wait a little, little wait late. There. Way to step forced? up to the plate! Yeah, Dang. I mean it was definitely. Here's how I have, you, you, you like that one. You saw you caught that. Look at you like a little protege stepping up. I uh, I I imagine I envision that conversation going like this with Ali and and CB. Hey, grow up, mm-hmm. both of you all. Grow up, shake hands, get over with, get it over with. Grow up. Don't don't be don't be you know don't be children. By the way, more for As CB, a, not for, from, for Ali. From from a player's perspective. Do you think it's a
6: good thing that the two worst umpires in baseball are on the same crew? Yeah, no, that's not good. You don't think so? No, no, no. At no. least you get them out of the way, so you know that 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 <laughs> crew is going to okay. suck. Okay, we got them, but then the rest of
9: baseball but, were okay. That's
7: three to four games that you know is going to be terrible calls for both teams. though. okay, I, I see what I, I can see that if 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 you have two of them on the same staff, I guess that would
6: Bucknor and Angel Hernandez. Get, get
7: them out of the way. Are they are they always together? They haven't been in the past. Maybe they, maybe they
6: change it up for spring training.
7: Okay, well maybe they maybe they can do that all season. I'd like that. And idea. get it out of the way. But but it's gonna be a rough three to four game series every Just time. Put Laz Diaz on there. Just get the get the four worst <laughs> umpires you have and put them all on one crew.
6: That'd be fun. The Cardinals did get a home run from Brendan Donovan yesterday, Nolan Gorman with a couple of nice plays at second base, Andre Pallante and uh, Tink Hintz with four hey. innings. And the Cardinals went twelve seven over the New York Mets. Randy, they're they're they're
7: scoring some runs. So. Yeah, Ooh. I know it's
6: too early. But no, they're going to average about 12 a game.
7: I, I, that's what I was thinking. No. I, my eight, nine, 12 is a little high for me, okay. but eight, eight to nine, okay, is, nine is sufficient, is acceptable. Okay, we can we can do nine a game. Carrie, it looks like Gavin Lux, the shortstop
6: for the Dodgers is out for the season. He felt a pop yesterday uh, while the Dodgers were playing down in Arizona. Had to be carted off the field. A baseball
7: Mm. player had to be carted off the field. I know a team that has an extra shortstop that has some experience. Hey, and now you're talking, now you're, you say, Randy, my dad used to always tell my brother, put on your thinking cap, son. Mm-hmm. And you have on your thinking cap. I I, I see where you're going. Mm-hmm. About $9 million yes, worth sir. of a shortstop. Yep. Yep. I-, yep. I think that, that that may be, you know, just right up the Dodgers wheelhouse. They, they may be looking for a, a shortstop right now, and the Cardinals do have one. And players seem to go to L.A. and play better. So they might think, okay, we can fix this guy. It happens.
6: So Andrew Friedman is the pobo of the Dodgers. He is the guy who really started everything in Tampa, where they have Randy Rosarena, who came from uh-huh. the Cardinals and has performed pretty well. I wonder if maybe Andrew Friedman's thinking, well, if my old guys can do that with the Rosarena, I can do that with Paul DeYoung. There you go. And and
7: both parties are, are excited about what's taking place? If that happens? Uh, Dod- Dodger fans might not be. Cardinal yeah. fans
4: are. Cardinals? Uh, eh,
7: Dodgers really. probably are,
6: because they don't really have a shortstop well, they right don't. Now. They don't really know, though, do they, Randy? But at least you got a defensive guy. There
7: you go. He's gonna make plays. Yeah. And any offense that he brings you will be a bonus. Yep. And it's for them, $9 million, dropping the bucket. It's not the offense that they were getting yeah. last year, obviously. No. Nah,
8: and nah. hey, if you're getting, you know, you know, double plays like that from Nolan Gorman in the
7: regular season, Ooh. I tell you what. That, mm-hmm. that,
8: that, that could help out if you're getting to the defense of the middle. He was looking, he was looking
7: silky, right? He, yeah. he, he looks his good. his body looks different. Like I said, yeah. he, he looked like he took time. And it may be you may be looking at 5 to 10 pounds Of muscle or losing it But it looks different than what it did last year It really does And finally, sad news for all of
6: us That are big Laker fans here in the room Yeah, nah. it was
8: Darn kind of it.
7: quiet
6: here uh, the Lakers appear to have lost LeBron James for weeks. They're right now sitting in the uh, 12th position in the NBA's Western Conference, but they are only a half game out of being in the play-in. But it doesn't seem like they're going to win much, even with street clothes wearing basketball jerseys. It doesn't <laughs> seem as if they're going to be able to win much without LeBron.
7: Yeah, he. Uh, they said he heard. He said he had. He heard a pop when he when he heard his foot. He still finished the game. Still played in the game, but uh, was unable to continue. Obviously, going forward. I don't know when you're when you're hearing a pop in your foot. Foot injuries, generally foot and back are are generally the scariest mm-hmm. injuries for me because you just really no don't know when or how you're going to respond. If you have to have back surgery, I had a I had a doctor tell me it's 50-50 on whether or not you will be back to normal. Hey, this is the doctor that's supposed wow. to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. I like, oh no, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and foot injuries, you know, it you don't realize how much you need your feet until you actually yep. can't have access to your foot or in the manner in which you're accustomed to. And so, if he heard a pop, you might be looking at a Liz Frank, maybe a fracture, maybe something in there that is, um, you know, gonna gonna ail him for for I think more than a couple of weeks. And like when you are
6: 38 years old and you've played pro sports and put as much strain on yes. the body as LeBron has, this sort of thing is inevitable. It's really yes. amazing that it hasn't happened to this point.
7: It is. And and like I said, walking is going to be painful, let alone cutting, jumping, and doing all of the other things that you try to do when you're a professional athlete. We are off and running here on the opening
6: drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Darren Pang. We're going to talk to Dennis Gates, the head basketball coach at the University of Missouri. We're going to talk to Mike Claiborne and... We're going to have a big announcement for you in the 9 o'clock hour, if you haven't already read it online. We're going to have a, a, a big announcement for you. So, uh, so stick around for that. That's appointment listening. Yes. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, the NFL Combine starts today. Do we need it? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: With Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. The NFL Combine starts today in Indianapolis. It's a financial boon for the city of Indianapolis. A lot of players have been able to enhance their draft stock over the years because of the Combine. NFLPA President Damaris Smith said this about the Combine a couple of weeks ago at the Super Bowl. He said, think about it. The NCAA and the NFL structure a Combine during what should be every football player's what? Last semester in college. Who decided that it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the NFL's exclusive way of getting into the league for the most part, unless you're a free agent player. You have to be invited to the combine. As soon as you show up, you have to waive all of your medical rights and you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions, and I think that's horrible, and I don't want to poo-poo any of that, but would you want your son to spend hours inside of an MRI machine and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are, by the way, only going to do it for one reason. What's the reason? To decrease your draft value. Mm. That's what DeMora Smith had to say about the NFL Combine. And I am, as you know, Carrie Davis, I think everybody in St. Louis knows, somebody who really doesn't have a great affinity for the business of the NFL these oh, yeah. days. Yeah. And I agree with DeMora Smith 100% in this regard. Now, a pretty disingenuous thing to suggest that NFL hopeful players are going to school right now. That's not happening,
7: right? Yeah. Well, I, I dropped out. I mean, I I withdrew. Yeah, I had already graduated in four years, so my fifth year, I withdrew my last semester, so I I didn't have any reason to be there. So I began training for my job, which what I yeah. what I would think was my job. I, I do agree in in some regards because. The NFL Combine is hours upon hours of sitting there in meetings and being poked and prodded. The guys are walking around with no shirts on and and basically underwear, just trying to see their body, see how they walk, see how they move. And it can be a bit, you know, disturbing and a bit. Frustrating. There are some questions we talked about it yesterday, where you had Des Bryant being asked about his mother's work profession. Some of these GMs, some of these execs, go above and beyond in the the, the questioning that needs to be taken place, and and you know there should be some some limits as to what is said, what is asked, and how often or how long you should be in a certain place. Because if you are a top ten pick. You know, you're probably going to be seen by eight to 10 franchises, eight to 15. Mm -hmm. Maybe you slide, depending on if they poke and prod and find something from your junior year in high school that you hurt and it's still lingering in their opinion. And so it becomes, as I said, it's there to decrease your value, not to really increase your value. With the pro days, it's much different. They come for one day, you're there, it's your university, you work out, you lift, you do the high, you you, you jump, you mm-hmm. do the broad jump, and then you do your, your actual running, whether it's the 40, and then you do your drills and all of those things, and then, then they're out of there. But there's not a whole lot of time to poke and prod and Ask hours upon hours of the same question over and over and over again to test your mental acuity and to see if you're able to answer these things in the same manner. That's all. It's just a lot of nonsense that takes place. And teams
6: are going to the pro days anyway, so yes. they're going to both to both the combine and the pro days. And there's no football involved. That's the no. thing that bothers me. Is just watch the tape. You can see the football player. Now, that being said. For a player that was injured at the end of his college career, or maybe injured in a, like Jalen Smith was injured in a ball yes. game, and you're a team that wants to take a look at that knee, what's the best way? Should there be... One doctor that's a clearinghouse for the league where he goes, gets checked out by that doctor, and then all 32 teams get that medical information.
7: Yes, I think the best way to go about it would be the NFLPA and and maybe an NFL liaison, those two coming together, having one doctor that they, you know, uh, or a couple of doctors so Mm -hmm. you can send multiple players to different places, and getting those reports from those independent people and then sending it to all 32 teams if you're interested in this player, as opposed to your sports. Specific doctors poking and prodding, trying to figure out what's wrong with this guy. It's ridiculous. Over and over and over again. It becomes very tedious when you have to sit in a in a doctor's office for hours upon hours, seeing being seen by different people just to get the same thing looked at over and over again. Okay, Kerry Davis, stupidest combine drill. Uh, the wonderlick That's the test that they mm-hmm. that they put people through to. It's I don't even know what the the purpose of it is if you don't score high you're not viewed as as intelligent or if you do score high you're super intelligent but that doesn't mean you can play football the wonderlick is a is a is a terrible test in my opinion because it it had no value it, it it didn't have any value for for whether or not a player could actually play or think quickly enough to get the job done best
6: combine drill most important to apply to football playing.
7: Um, I think the drills that they actually do, the position specific drills, are are very important. I also want to add one of the worst drills is the is the bench press because there's never a point in your life in your football life where you're laying on your back pushing people up right, off of you. Right. That, if you're yeah. on your back trying to get someone off of you, 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 you probably aren't in the right position. <laughs> you, you, you got beat and now you're trying to get this 300 pound guy up off of you. Okay, good the, luck. The Rams that, had
6: a guy named Leo Gois when they first came here. That was him. He was just on his back yeah, trying to lift people, get off, people of off of, of you. You're on your back, you're pushing people
7: up. That, <laughs> you're not going to play very long if that's the job you're doing. But I, I do like the position specific drills. Um, the DBs seeing how they get in and out of cuts because that can tell you a lot. Does it take him a lot of time at the top to to get out of that cut to make a break on the ball, or is he very fluid and very fluent? that that will tell you whether or not he has stiff hips and and is he mm. able to do those things? Those are the things that are important. game speed and 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 running a combine that you prepared three to four months for does not matter to me because I can see a guy that runs a four two. And cannot catch a ball or cannot get open versus coverage. It doesn't make it doesn't help me just because he's fast. I can put him at punt return or kickoff return where he can catch the ball. But if I can't get open, that doesn't help me at all. So the the forty also is another test that I don't think hold holds much weight. Who is the best NFL wide receiver ever and forever?
6: Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice ran a four yeah. six coming did. out of Mississippi Valley yep. State. A 4-6. He did. Kevin Curtis ran a 4-3-8 and got a perfect, well, he got a 48 on the Wonder League. Kevin Curtis didn't quite match up to what Jerry Rice
7: did. Nah, nah. It was a it was a, uh, receiver a couple of years ago, Jonathan, John Ross. Was it John Ross, John that Ross ran a 4-2? Yeah, yeah. four, four, yeah. 3 and, and, and he hasn't had a very good career. Yeah, you, you got to be able to catch the ball. Okay, you you got to be able to run
8: Can we guys are discounting the magical Sunday in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. When Ryan Fitzpatrick and Kevin Curtis combined for the smartest touchdown in NFL history. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a magical day. Yeah, like, that was, you okay. guys were ignoring
1: that that no, happened.
6: We did. Yeah. That, that was something. <laughs> uh, th- th- there is, obviously, th- there are teams that are enamored of speed. Al Davis was always yeah. enamored of speed. But it is amazing how little the 40-time translates to NFL quality play.
7: Randy, there aren't many times in a game where you actually run 40 yards straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you maybe you might see one or two of those a game, the entire game. But you got 53 people on each team running 40s trying to see how fast they are. You're not going to get that open field straight burst away speed that often it just it doesn't happen in football. You're going to get eight yard runs. You're going to get ten yard runs. A lot of it, more importantly, is how quick you are, how 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 much you're able to get in and out of cuts and get back north. Those are the things that that you want to see burst. Not so much the the forty and how fast someone can run forty yards because you don't get many of those.
6: Kerry, two stories from the 1996 draft. I'll never forget asking Rich Brooks why the Rams liked St. Louis Rams liked Lawrence Phillips so much better. Than Eddie George, and he's well. He runs a four four forty. Well, Eddie George runs a four five, 40 What difference does it make? He said, "Well, when they get into the open, I want the faster guy for that forty yards."
7: Yeah, because that makes a difference. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> Later it in that mean.
6: first round, the Rams take a wide receiver out of LSU named Eddie Kennison. Yeah, I remember Eddie Kennison. Okay, wound up being an okay player in yep. the NFL. Uh, a couple of picks later, the Indianapolis Colts take uh, a wide receiver by the name of, name of Marvin Harrison. Mm, he's pretty good. I asked the Rams general manager at the time, Steve Ortmeyer, late, great Steve Ortmeyer, why the Rams passed on Harrison to take Kennison, because everybody had Harrison as the number one ra- 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 rated wide receiver. He said, well, Eddie's bigger. Eddie Kennison weighed 183, Harrison weighed 178.
7: Yeah, yeah. Five it, pounds. They have no... They have no clue No A lot of them And and, you know Sometimes they get The analytics involved Sometimes they They kind of fanboy On a guy Sometimes they like A guy so much And Mm -hmm. that's who they want Regardless of Of what the numbers Tell you I would assume that there are always misses. You know, I don't have to assume that there are always misses in, in the draft and guys that that get overlooked and don't get drafted in the right slots. And you you look back at it. I mean, you look at Jalen Rager and, and the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then you got Justin Jefferson going right after that. That's a miss. And I don't know how you missed that, but I would assume that it was based off of speed and just the, the straightaway speed what Jalen Rager was able to do versus what you think Justin Jefferson was. Uh, Justin Jefferson might go down as one of the greatest receivers to play the game. Yeah, not Jalen Rager, though. Nah. They're teammates now. Nah, they are teammates now. <laughs> you got that going for you. One other note about this, by the
6: way, the Combine shown live on NFL Network. It's really boring. I mean, if you want to take a nap, w-
7: oh, turn yeah. the Combine on. Yeah, good, good sleeping
6: material. Yeah, it is not enthralling at nah. all. There's the, the best thing about it is Rich Eisen trying to run a 40-yard dash.
7: <laughs> that is, is awesome, yeah. And and that's when you get to understand it. Listen, that that when when Rich is running, he has gotten better mm-hmm. each year. But yep. it's been a few times where I was certain he's going to pop a hamstring. Yeah, me too. That's not that's not good. Yeah, that is Carrie. I'm
6: Randy. Coming up, baseball's pitch clock is in play this spring, and Max Scherzer thinks it's going to make him even better. That's next on 101 ESPN. That's
4: my
7: We're back to the Opening
2: Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: I do think long-term it's going to be nice. I just think, you know, it's going to take some getting used to. You're going to see some, some stuff we haven't seen, but uh, long-term everyone's going to figure it out. Have you had to change at the plate your uh, routine? Or no, nah, I, was, I was already pretty quick. I feel like I was waiting on the pitcher most of the time anyways. I feel like after the first game, I almost told myself, don't even think about it just because, you know, you feel, you see the clock count down you start to think about it mm-hmm. instead of like, man, I just got to worry about my approach. That's the
6: Cardinal first baseman, the MVP, Paul Goldschmidt on ESPN, the MLB on ESPN yesterday, talking about the pitch clock, which my first impressions of... Kerry Davis are overwhelmingly positive. I really do like the alacrity with which the game progresses. Now,
7: is it? It's it makes the game quicker. Um, which obviously we live in a society now where everyone is on their phone for ten seconds, and that's all the the amount of information that they can mm-hmm. consume at a time. But it, it it keeps the the action involved in the game. Whereas you know previous years, you would have a pitcher step off the mound. It might be 30, 40 seconds before he throws his next pitch. Now the batter steps out of the box because he didn't like how the pitcher set up. It's just a—it's a, not enough tempo to the game, and I think the pitch clock is going to add that tempo, and, and, and it shortens games, like I said, which helps the the casual fans stay more engaged. Now it's
6: going to add something else, too. Max Scherzer made his spring training debut Sunday against the Nationals, and this is one of his strikeouts. Here is Joey Manessis, who had a start to career unlike virtually anybody in the history of the game. Came up last year as a 30 year old rookie after 11 years in the minor leagues. There's a foul ball.
1: Nearly won himself a Rookie of the Year award. I mean, 324, 13 home runs, 34 RBIs, and just 222 at bats, a 930 OPS. For a guy who was never even at a major league
6: camp before, Scherzer takes care of him on three pitches. Go sit down, Joey. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good night in 25 seconds. Now, regarding Scherzer... He went and talked to the home plate umpire on Sunday, David Rackley, between innings, just to get a clarification on the rules. And he said, quote, I can come set even before the hitter is really in the box. I can't pitch until eight seconds are on the clock. But as soon as his eyes are up, he can go. So Scherzer owns that time between eight seconds Mm -hmm. and zero on the clock. And what he says is, I can mess with hitters' timing. I can mess with hitters' heads. He said, uh, the quote here is, really, the power the pitcher has now. I can totally dictate pace. The rule change of the hitter having only one timeout changes the complete dynamic
7: of the hitter and pitcher dynamic and I love it. Well, what he's saying is I can hold this ball for, as you said, those eight seconds where the batter normally would be able to step out of the box and and reset. Well, he can do it once, but now I can do it again and now if I want to pitch with one second left on the pitch timer now, you have to sit in there that entire time and not re able to re- not be able to reset yourself and and get back into the flow of things pitchers and, and and hitters more specifically are routine guys they they some of them do the same thing they they mess with their gloves i think it was just take them off mm-hmm. and strap them back up or you know do the same thing over and over and over again and if you mess with that timing you mess up with, mess with that routine it becomes a little bit frustrating for them, and now their timing is off, and they're not seeing the ball or hitting the ball as, as well as they like.
6: Scherzer said, I can come set even before the hitter really is in the box. I can't pitch until eight seconds remain, but as soon as his eyes are up, I can go. So I had that conversation with the umpire to make sure it's legal, and it is. So I'm just getting used to how the game is in 2023. So there's going to be an eight minute wind, or eight-second window in there for the hitter. Once his eyes are up, he has to be looking at the pitcher, and it could be anywhere from eight seconds that that pitch is thrown two, zero, eight, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the hitter is thinking about what's coming. He has to be ready for Max Scherzer's pitch. And
7: all of the smart pitchers are going to take advantage of this power that Scherzer speaks of. You know who who comes to mind who probably, who was already... Amazing as a pitcher, but I think if he had this pitch timer would have been and yeah, maybe gone down as one of the greatest to do it Greg Maddox Oh, yeah, I think because he thought the game in such a different manner He could throw a, a 92 mile per hour fastball and then throw an 88 mile. It was just changing It's the same pitch But a different speed or just a different location and just the thought process of how he went about his day I think he would have had so much success in this uh, version of baseball right now than any pitcher that is that is playing at this moment. Kerry, I think
6: one of the things that the rules changes will do is bring the thinking man's pitcher, the Greg Maddox, back into the yep. sport. There, I've asked over the last several years several people that are in scouting, coaching, development of Major League Baseball, whether or not Greg Maddox would get drafted if the draft were to have been held for the last ten years, and universally everybody, including his brother, said nope, he wouldn't. He wouldn't Didn't have been. Drafted. Throw hard enough. Didn't throw hard enough. Yep. We a little guy, six one, was one seventy five when he got drafted. No, teams don't look for that right now, but if you have command and you have the ability to get the ball over the plate, work fast, throw strikes, you're going to succeed. Doesn't matter how hard you're throwing either. If you have command and you can throw, especially if you can go quadrants, if you can think of the plate, 17 inches, and think of breaking it up into four quadrants. The really good pitchers have eight different spots that they hit. The four broken up into four across and four up. If you can hit those spots... You have a hitter that can't hit the the sinker low and away you just right. you, you give him a sinker you got a guy that can't hit the ball up and in you you go into that upper inside quadrant if you have a pitcher that can put the ball where
7: he wants it doesn't matter how hard he's throwing he's gonna succeed now in 2023. It's going to change the game and it's going to change the game for hitters especially. Just like I said that that timing that they're so accustomed to being able having to sit there and wait for for however long the pitcher eight seconds yep. or if he wants to pitch it right now, he's going to well, it's going to it's going to be a little bit frustrating for hitters. Remember how they they enforced the rule they said they were going to enforce the rule they didn't for
6: Poppy. But you remember how P- Poppy would always take a foot out of the box yep. and look at the pitcher. He was thinking. Yeah. Now hitters don't have time right, to think. right? And so they better be prepared for whatever's coming, or they have to be really smart. That's the other part of it. Yes, If they're really smart, then people like Paul Goldschmidt, they're going to be fine. Yeah. or they're going to be fine. But there are some hitters that aren't the brightest bulbs that are going to struggle.
7: It's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to bring more excitement to the game. Just the, the all of the rule implementations. Imp- that they've implemented this season are gonna make the game better. The bases are gonna, the bases being closer and bigger, it's gonna be more stolen bases, it's gonna be more athleticism in the game. We talked to a few people, they said maybe not back to the 1980s, mm-hmm. 100, 100 base stealers, but maybe 60, maybe, maybe 50, and, and really getting guys that are really able to play the game. And the cat and mouse part of it when a batter, when a runner gets on base. Yeah, now he's, he's 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 going back and forth with the pitcher. Now I think that puts a little bit more stress on the pitcher because you can throw over, but you can't throw over as many times as you have at, have in the Once past. And, times, yeah. and so now it's it's a lot of 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 cat and mouse that's going to be taking place with the pitcher versus the batter, the runner versus the pitcher, and it, it just makes the game more exciting to watch.
6: Vince Coleman did steal two hundred. Oh my goodness, he would steal two hundred. Kerry, one thing, and I say this with all due respect. You know that what I when I say something, I say with, it with, always with all with all Indeed. due respect. If Colby Rasmus were still in the major leagues, mm-hmm. he would strike out on three consecutive pitch clock violations. Yeah. <laughs>
8: he with would, all he, due he, respect,
7: he, he wouldn't. He just takes too long.
6: Yeah, hey. I don't. Th- I don't know that he'd be able to figure
8: this thing out. You'd ah. have had to medicate Nomar Garcia Parra. Yeah, I mean, you would have had to give the guy like Xanax or something, yeah, right?
7: Noma, Noma. We were talking about Xanax earlier for MRI machines. Necessary, yeah.
6: <laughs> oh
8: man, that's
6: Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the air, yes, sir.
8: I just, we just got a good question here from 6B6. Are they implementing the pitch clock in the World Baseball Classic? You actually no. brought this up. Why, why, why that's actually a big point. Why that's actually a big point.
6: Yeah, it's a big thing for Arenado specifically. Mm-hmm. Won't bother Goldie for the Cardinals. Won't it? Won't matter to right Won't matter to Michaelis because okay. they already pitch within that. That fifteen seconds. I think the one that will be affected the most will be Arenado because he likes to step out a lot, and he's going to have to get used to that. But he'll—he's a smart guy. He'll—he'll he'll adjust. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that is Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Air comfort service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. If you use the letters on your little phone. That's 314-399-YOHO. Yoho is 9646-Y-O-H-O. And we've got Take It or Leave It coming your way next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to
2: the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want
1: to put it out there? Like it, you can
0: take it. If you don't, send it right back.
1: Get your text into 314 399 9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria
2: Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
1: That's my final offer. Take it or leave it.
6: With Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio, I'm Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN-CD. You're aware of the Drake curse, right? Whoever he bets on? Yeah. Well, he bet on his friend, Jake Paul, Mm -hmm. in a boxing match against Tommy Fury on Sunday. He bet 400 k and Fury wound up knocking Paul out and Paul found out about it in his post-game press conference and he said, blank, this is Drake's fault. Drake, bro, why did you do this to me? <laughs> Take it or leave
7: it. The Drake curse is a hundred percent real. I'm gonna have to leave it. I, I think you know there are. There's the Madden curse. Mm-hmm. You know that there, there are many curses in in sports. I, I I'm gonna leave that Drake alone can bet on you or can root for your team and now you're gonna lose. And it is I I just can't believe it. He did bet on the Chiefs. And his, his and he also is a uh, was a Raptors fan. Is a Raptors fan mm-hmm. and they won a championship. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take the good. You gotta pick
6: whatever NBA team.
7: This I do is agree with. Randy. Yeah. Whichever whichever team is winning, he's he's part of it. but yep. I guess that's a good way to go about your life. I don't know, maybe not. Bandwagon jumping is not a bad yeah, thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, Randy, the Lakers are. We talked about LeBron James earlier today. LeBron has been there for five seasons. In those five seasons, they have. Made the playoffs twice. we obviously won the the bubble championship. Not real. Lost in the first. Not real. Lost in the first round. Another one. And missed the playoffs. in Another three. If you include this season. If he does. If they don't make it, which I don't think we all we don't believe that they will, because LeBron's probably not going to play. Take it or leave it. If LeBron, if this is how his Le- Lakers legacy ends, he, it will be a complete failure, even with a championship.
6: I'm going to take that, CD. I think this is comparable to Michael going to the Wizards.
7: Hmm because it, th- that
6: championship was not real that wasn't I agree. Th- if they play 82 and a full playoffs yeah. the lakers don't win that they won because of the bubble and that they they didn't have to lose anthony davis
7: yes he was able he because so, we know if he'd have played the entire if he didn't have how many months off was it? Three? three
6: yeah. Six? Four. yeah, March, April, May. No, June,
7: July. It was six almost oh, yeah. six months off, yeah. right? Yeah, because
6: they finished in like September. Yeah, right?
7: so if you have that long off, you, you probably have a healthy Anthony Davis. If he's playing every night up until that point, potentially is yeah, not.
6: So you're 100 percent right there. Yeah, and it's sad to say that, but yeah, his Lakers tenure would be it would be a failure. That's right. All right, Ooh. Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? I'm going to start with this one because you guys
8: doubted me when I told you that there were going to be people texting these. Oh, we things never in.
6: doubt you. You doubt me all the time.
8: <laughs> Retribution. Here we go. Take it or leave it. Beer sales should go the full nine innings now, since
7: games are only taking 45 minutes. I'll take it. I'll leave it. You got to get get home. What is it? Stop at the seven. I'm telling you, there is a
8: huge group of Cardinals fans who are who are perturbed about the who's on 2:30 and just go, well, darn it, that really that really constricts my drinking time at the ballpark.
7: This is just my opinion. I I don't claim to be the brightest man in the world, the 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 sharpest tool in the shed, the brightest crayon in the box. If you want to continue to drink after the game is over. (laughs) There are a number of bars within walking distance that you could find, and maybe—I don't know—find a beverage for cheaper than what you're paying for at the Cardinals game. So, if sorry. you want to continue to
6: drink, so that's you, just me, my opinion. Get this straight. I—I'm I, not. I don't think I'm figuring this out. Okay. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that. Previously, a game that went three hours and 15 minutes. You were there until 10:20 St. Louis time. Correct. You're telling me that you could leave the ballpark, walk a hundred steps, order another beer, and stick around for another half hour, maybe if, two more beers, if you chose,
7: tell if you want, if that's your thing, Randy. Now I don't know if that's your no thing, idea. but if 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 that's your thing, you could definitely do that. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, this clearly. No one understands that. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that. So, therefore, this is why they listen to the open dri- opening drive, because we give this valuable information. Leave the game. Walk to the bar. Leave your keys. Take an Uber home. Yep. But do not worry that the game is going to end sooner, that you can't get your beverages. You can go get a cheaper beer across the street. By so, the way, ma'am,
6: if your stated goal is is to go to the game specifically to drink and not necessarily to attend a baseball game. Take an Uber to the game. There you go. There you go. So that you can't use your keys to try to come home. Please. Thank you. Take it or leave it. The
8: Cardinals cannot retire Roland's number before they retire Joe Medwick's.
6: I would say they can. They can do whatever they want. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Take it or leave it. You would retire seven for holiday before Ducky.
7: Take it, I. I Matt is a uh, we'll, we'll take yeah, that. Yeah,
6: Reggie Smith, is number seven.
8: Medrick's we got, were talking about this. I mean, at, at pretty much every. I mean, he's. I mean, he, he, I think you should. I think Medwick should be retired.
6: There are some underlying numbers with uh, yeah. with Ducky that I think probably preclude his number from getting
8: retired. Yeah, I forgot. I always forget about that. Y- I was just thinking straight numbers.
7: You're gonna have to get to a point where you're not retiring numbers, though. You're just gonna have yeah, to retire right? the jersey because at some point, as you said, we're gonna have triple digit numbers. You're gonna run out of numbers. Yeah, the
8: Yankees are gonna look. Weird Yankees in a couple are years. Yankees. You do. know,
7: you you have to just retire the jersey of that player, but still be able to wear the number. And by the way, if you didn't hear Bill with the third on President's Day. I asked
6: the question about that, about retiring 27. He said that's a debate they were having actually at that moment Mm. because Roland had only played 38% of his career with the Cardinals, and the Cardinals, they don't have a hard and fast rule about retiring numbers of Hall of Famers, although Bruce Suter played less than 50% of his career with the Cardinals, and uh, he he has his number retired. Uh, There are numerous other players or managers uh, that probably made the Hall of Fame before... Tony Lewis was a Hall of Famer before he ever came to St. Louis. So there are different circumstances but the bottom line here is that they're running out of numbers and that's why they might not retire 27.
8: That was a 10 out of 10 answer on a question that is like a Two out of 10 interest. Like, beyond, like
6: I, I wish
8: that answer was so interesting. And I was like, I wish it was something that wasn't that's, about
6: retired hey, numbers. That's not a two out of 10 interest. Uh, text in right now 314 399 9646. Should 51 be retired by the Cardinals? Go. <laughs> if that's a, if that's a two out of ten on interest, <laughs>
8: well, all right, we'll see. Take it or leave it. You guys need a camera in the studio so we can see Carrie's reaction to stupid stuff. Oh, please, yeah, oh, yeah. because my my
7: salt. sometimes my face tells you everything.
8: Hashtag the many faces of Carrie Davis. Yeah. I'm picturing yeah. it already. Yeah. I'm stoic. fantastic.
7: Rand? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you you you. T- unless it's like Stan Kroenke, then you yeah. know you kind of go. Yeah, I go up crazy. The deep end, yeah, yeah. But but other than that, you know you, you're pretty. Mellow until we get to eight thirty. Yeah, <laughs> eight thirty is a different. Listen, the fight the eight thirty is a different animal all into itself. If if the questions are not correct, if it's the vac- questions are yeah, are debatable, is vacuum. it is a. It, it, we just we just carved that section out on the sheet and just say, hey, we'll we'll get to the, we'll worry about this at another time, because that time frame from eight thirty to eight forty five is a. Whew, we, we hope Randy is uh, a pressure you know, cooker. We, yeah, it is. That's what you need. To, <laughs> it's a solid really, That's really what you need the cameras for. When Randy answers a question that is not on Rock's list and to see Rock start texting and typing, <laughs> trying to figure out where did I mess up at, that uh, is the thing I, of beauty for I me. Ma- I maintain I have a winning record
8: uh, in, in the, my, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, did I get something wrong here? But Freak the outs? panic.
7: Is epic. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. The panic's there. The panic is
8: real. Randy, um, take it or leave it. The pitch clock is going to hurt the bathroom break slash snack run between innings.
7: The innings will still be the, the same amount of time. Between innings are yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's not, yeah, that, not that, going to change. You still yeah. have the same amount of time in between innings.
8: So so this is what I'm saying. People are just going to try to find a way to complain about these new rules. Somebody, we got
7: somebody. Listen, to think, I say this-
8: Baseball will lose people because they do not like changing
7: the game. Leave it. Leave it. I, I said this the other day. We we had to put nets up because you fans were too busy on your phones, not paying attention to foul balls coming screaming at you. Oh uh, my God! You, no, no, you, you're you, a oh yeah. I was, yeah. was reading to take it to leave. I mean, you you would go to a, a a game and everyone is glued looking down at their phone. There's a hey, there's a left-handed hitter here. You might wanna mm-hmm. pay attention on this baseline down mm-hmm. here. He's gonna come screaming at you. Pay attention. I've had people talking to me, and I'm, hey, I'll talk to you after he gets done batting because I don't want to get hit inside of the head. Just how it was.
6: Okay, three quick questions. Would you enjoy Steph Curry as much if we didn't have a three-point shot in basketball? No. I don't think any of us would. It wouldn't be as fun. Would you enjoy Patrick Mahomes if a cornerback could ride a wide receiver all the way down the field and there was no Mm -hmm. such thing as a five-yard chuck rule? Nope,
7: nope, nope. No. No. no.
6: You, You couldn't. Would you enjoy, right now, Alex Ovechkin scoring as many goals as he have if the red line was in place? If, if you didn't have the two-line pass, Ovechkin wouldn't be, he wouldn't if be if where be, he is. Right. Yeah. Every sport does things to enhance offense and make their game more appealing, and that's all baseball is doing here. It's going to it's gonna be great.
7: I'm excited. Like I said, when yep. you see people stealing bases and, and moving a little bit more, it's going to be more, yeah. more fun to watch. Can you do the oh-my-god one? The what? one that you were reading, that said, "Oh, oh, oh, it was,
8: it was." Uh, somebody said, "Take it or leave it." Um, it devalues all-inclusive tickets because there's a less time, there's less window now yeah. to get the free food, the all-inclusive food. It just just, eat just load the game. up Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and get there before just, the game starts. Yeah. It, like, it, it hit, and I was like, "Oh wow!" The one group of people I'm not worrying about. Is it at 20, all when how I'm how many decisions. is it?
7: Twenty minutes? Was it twenty-three minutes that have been shaved off? Yeah. So far, like, hey, yeah. I'm guarantee people, you, if you have
6: an extra twenty-three, <laughs> if you take twenty-three minutes off you are wasting the green seats if you can still eat <laughs> yeah after 245 what, it, or 230
7: yeah just, talk, just ask exactly. rock he's a green seat he, he 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 seat, sits God in the green America. seats he has the answers for you how to go about a baseball game in a time frame right so, rock
8: the one you don't need yeah. you don't need the extra he's, 30 minutes you're done after an hour 15 mr green there seat no, go. where's
7: Brad thompson when i need him Mr. Green Seats. That's his new name. Yeah. Uh,
6: uh, He's right there. Amzinger works for MLB and got green seats one time. Yeah. And I went down and sat with, with Greg in the green seats, and it was glorious because usually, unlike... Matthew, I'm in the upper deck. Yeah, and so I had a great time. In mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it was uh, it, it was quite enjoyable. Do you ever get tired of it though? Do you get tired of all uh, the, and like is it too much? Something
7: oh, yeah. here we go again. Green seats. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll sit here. Oh, uh, hot dogs. Hot, uh, hot dogs or brats. Why can't uh, you put a burger on the menu? <laughs>
8: There is absolutely a burger on that menu and Oh, okay. Can, uh, just just can, check him. Can,
6: can you run upstairs and grab me a ribeye from yeah. the Cardinal Club?
2: It's
8: oh. nice. It's nice. This uh. isn't real China. It's Matthew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said hot fudge. There you this go. This is just Thank chocolate you. syrup. Thank you. There's <laughs> a
6: it. difference. Yes!
1: There we go.
7: That's what we're waiting on. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's Matthew. He gets they a get haircut. They the same. There's a
7: difference. Oh, man, man, man. Matthew gets
6: a haircut to sit behind the, the yes. plate in the green seats. It was, it was, <laughs> yes. it was beautiful. It was yes. a great thing. Alright. Uh, so there you have it. That's Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Next up, can the Blues add to their core by buying before Friday's NHL trade deadline? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: We're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A
1: fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
6: Five in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Darren Pang will join us momentarily, and he'll be able to weigh in on some of these names that we're about to bring up. But uh, Jeremy Rutherford has a piece up at The Athletic entitled, 12 players the Blues could add to their core with Timo Meyer off the market. And he has them differentiated between probably won't happen, long-term fits, mid-level fits, mid-term fits, and... The probably won't happens are guys that you would think would be on that list. Uh, David Pasternak of the Bruins, who's going to be a free agent. Alex DeBrinket of Ottawa, who they gave up a boatload to Chicago to get. Dylan Larkin of the Red Wings, they still like him a lot. I am intrigued, CD, by a couple of JR's long-term fits. Clayton Keller, the St. Louisan, is essentially a point-of-game guy. He, he plays the right wing. Now, he's not the biggest fella, and the Blues do like size. He's 5'10", 178. But it seems like Clayton Keller's skill set, the Blues desperately need top six guys, mm-hmm. seems like his skill set would fit into what the Blues need.
7: Yeah, it, it talked about his his being on a on a different team might be better for his game. You know, do, does a good job of, of shot making and, and making good decisions with the puck. And a guy that is going to be able to, I guess, help this top six really evolve and and become what it needs to become. Right now we're still trying to sort out who our top six are. We we have an idea, but we, we're still trying to figure it out who is going to get those top six minutes. And if you get a guy like him, like Clayton Keller to come in, you might be able to solidify that just a little bit more and, and help you in a way that I think the Blues definitely need some some help right now. Another
6: name that J.R. had on his list from Arizona is 25-year-old Lawson Kraus, who's a big guy, 6'4", 215. He has not yet been a big scorer in the NHL. He has 19 goals this year. But he's a guy with a ton of potential and would, again, fit the Blues profile. I don't know if I go two number ones for a player like Lawson Krause. I might go one and a two. But he is an intriguing guy and a guy that you can have under term for a while.
7: Is uh, And we're looking at before March 3rd, the trade deadline, yep. potentially making a, a move for one of these guys. Is he a guy that comes in and, and really helps this team right now and can really get them I don't want to say over the hump because I think we're we're a little bit farther yeah. back than, than being close to the hump, but get him moving in the right direction to be able to have some success and, and win some games, score some goals. I think Kraus is a guy that could be a 25-goal scorer for the okay. Blues.
6: He's maxed out at 20. He's got 19 this year, so he's on pace to, to get about 25. If you have a big guy that four checks and can play on the wing in your top six, I think that he would be a good fit, but again, I I don't know that he's going to ever be a superstar. I don't think that he's going to be a 35-40 goal guy, especially with what he's done so far in the league. But I do think he could be a nice, serviceable second-line winger.
7: Okay. I mean, like I said, the Blues are are in a position right now where I don't want to say we're taking all all comers. We're looking Mm -hmm. for for some help. I think some of these young guys are are going to get some opportunities here in the next couple of weeks if they don't make another trade before the deadline. But if you do bring someone in, Uh, just how how well will they fit and how much will they help this team going forward the rest of this season and going forward into next season as well. And
6: what the the Cardinals, the Blues have to determine is how serviceable are these guys going to be if you're trying to win? Is Nick Schmaltz, who is a good player, but not a superstar? See, that's my problem. I don't know what they're looking for. You need a lot of bodies, but I, I think Schmaltz is an a really good player but he's not a star and i don't know how much the blues are looking for those guys they have a lot of potential third and fourth line guys a guy like smaltz would absolutely be a third or fourth line guy he's uh, he basically scores 15 to 20 goals a season He, he tries hard he gets a lot of ice time he plays both penalty kill and power play 27 years old he'd be a nice player but again am i going to if I was planning on giving up two number ones and something else for Timo Meyer, yeah. am I going to give up two number ones and something else for Nick Schmaltz? I'm not Probably going to do that.
7: Yeah. Are you looking more, if they are exploring to to bring something back at this trade deadline, are you looking more uh, forwards or defensemen? Because I, I still think there's a need on the defensive side where they still, you've talked about it all season, Randy, still looking for that number one mm-hmm. and don't have them yet. Is, uh, is, we talked about Jacob Chickren a lot. And is he a guy that when you look at, he is a number one defenseman and can add value to this team, both you know on the defensive side but on the offensive side as well?
6: Chikrin is a left-shot defenseman, and there's absolutely no question that he would help the Blues. My concern is that I don't believe that he is a number one. I don't think that he is a Petrangelo. Okay. And the Blues have a lot of twos. Now, if you could pair Chikrin with Falk in your top two, that'd be nice. But I just don't think that he's a guy where his defensive skill set is going to dramatically upgrade the Blues. Uh, My my fear is that people dislike him for the same reasons they dislike Colton Pareko. Because he's a big guy that Mm. just isn't physical enough.
7: Let me ask them. you. So I'm, I'm going to read a little bit what Jr. wrote in his assessment. Uh, breaking the puck out of the zone, out of the, out of his own zone, pushing the pace of play from the blue line, and using his effective shot to be a difference maker. Now, Randy, I, he sounds a little bit like somebody that I I steadfast. I'm I'm a fan of. In and, and Callie Rosen. Yeah, hey, sound like you got that guy yeah, there. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, yep. I don't claim to be the uh, again hockey aficionado here, but yeah. it sounds like when I read this, it, it sounded a lot like what we already have in Cali. Yeah, but but the name Jacob Chikrin brings a little bit more value. You you gotta have you gotta have some guys. First of all, it starts with the effort and the energy, and and that's the most important thing. But if you get guys that are willing to do that, you're gonna have more success. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I I think they do need a name in terms of you know that big name guy, especially as from a defenseman, because we we're still expecting Colton Pareko to play at that level. He, for for all intents and purposes, probably has not reached the level that most people would have would have liked for the amount of money that he's making. But if you get a guy in there, it's all about the pairings, right? Yep. Who he's paired with. If you can get a guy that can pair with that guy, you have you you might see a little bit more a little bit better play from from each each one of these defensemen if they have another person uh, added to their to their pairing. And, Gary, this is patently unfair, okay? But
6: I always go back to what I've said a million times. Canada, best team in the world, when they had a one-goal lead, used to put Bo Meester and Petrangelo on the ice together in the last two minutes of games. International competitions, it was those two. There goes my microphone. All down Okay. <laughs> Is Jacob Chikrin that guy? Is the USA going to put? J- he was, he's from Boca Raton, Florida. Is the USA going to put Jacob Chikrin on the ice with a one-goal lead in an international competition? I don't think that he's that guy. And I, I, I know that's really pie-in-the-sky thinking, but I think that's what the Blues
7: need: is a legitimate number one guy. So who is that guy then? Right? Uh, where, where is that guy at? Is he, is he, is he, is he going to be a free agent this? Next season, is he you know under contract? Is he someone that is potentially looking to be traded um, this season, or or maybe a unrestricted free agent going into the following season that can get traded next year?
6: I'm going to f- put my faith in Doug Armstrong.
7: Okay, I don't I don't know where that guy is. Okay, but it, it is it is a necessity yeah, for I, this I believe
6: team it right is, now. Yeah. yeah, I believe it is, and I don't think that they have that guy in their organization at all, whether it's here or in juniors or whatever in my in the minors they don't have that guy in the organization
7: not a draft pick either not not someone Maybe. that you'd be looking at but that's still but not, yeah, not years, next year right two years uh, two
6: to three years away exactly yeah. yep. that's Kerry I'm Randy that's today's fresh take on 101 ESPN Panger joins us next
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented
1: by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at boardwalkhardwood.com. One, two, three, four.
6: Champ am Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It's always important to find out how Darren Pang is, but as important to find out how Brucey Pang is doing. Panger, good morning, how you doing?
10: Well, good morning. Uh, you know, Brucey and I just uh, just kind of hanging out right now, and um, I actually went to get a coffee cup, and I just kind of crashed on another glass, and poor Brucey was tiptoeing through the tulips so that didn't get in any trouble. He's a smart dog, you know, he's... A, sharper than me in the morning I'll tell you that right now he's doing great he's my little Cavapoo puppy he's doing great
7: hey hey, Panger are the the Blues still looking to make some moves before the deadline
10: yeah Kerry that's uh, I I think I mean I I would think that if somebody comes knocking um, on another asset that's especially a, a UFA that you know, Army would, Army would certainly, you know, listen to what it was. I mean, I was actually surprised, Kerry, you know, that, uh, that someone didn't call. And, and we still have till, uh, uh what do we have till Friday, March the 3rd. And, and we still, I'm still surprised that, you know, a guy like Thomas Grice is a very valuable commodity. You know, we got a lot of teams out there that think they're contenders um, but don't have a lot of depth in goal. and goal. And if you think you're a contender and, and you need something, I mean that might be an area that uh, that he you know gets to call on. And you know, not sure what what it would be like, or not sure what the team has for cap. Uh, but uh, I think he's a very affordable and and extremely competent. Uh, you know, whether he's a second guy or a third guy, um, you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, and your second guy continues to get hurt like Matt Murray. Um, and you've got Joseph Wall there, who's a St. Louis kid, that's a really good goaltender, but he doesn't have any experience at all. I mean, wouldn't it be safe to, with all the moves that you made and all the assets you've given up, that you at least have an NHL goalie ready, uh, if needed, uh, as a third guy? So, but other than that, I mean, someone could knock on uh, on a Pitlick or a, or a Levo. Um, those are the other guys that are UFAs. But uh, I, I would have to say that he's uh, snug as a bug in the rug right now and doesn't have any more pressure on him to do anything.
6: Panger... I really appreciate that Army has gone to the media and to the fans and said look we can play our best game and still not get over the hump that's where our talent level is right now unfortunately because of the moves they've had to make but as a player how does that go over in the room when when your president of hockey operation says hey we we can play really good games here and we can't look at the results we need to look at just how we played individually did we do
10: our best yeah it's always um, interesting I you know as a player you you listen really hard as to what he's, you know what your manager is saying and is it you know you just listen as a player you're like is he okay wait a second are we good enough or are we not good enough how did he just say that you know uh, um I, I I'm going to say this that that uh the players by and large know that they didn't play consistently enough to convince you know army um or a lot of people that that they were you know, that they were going to be good enough to get on a roll. But I break this team down into, I don't know, about 15 different chapters. Uh, I'll take the first chapter. The first few games, it was like, whoa, okay, let's get it going. Then they danced into Edmonton, and they absolutely hounded Connor McDavid and shut them out. And I said, okay, there's chapter two. That, that's it. that's if, is that the team that we're going to see all year? This team's going to compete for the Stanley Cup. And then they went on the eighth-game losing streak. And you go, and then they went on a seven-game winning streak. So I mean, I mean, listen. I think the bottom line was there were just so many ups and downs, and ebbs and flows, and inconsistencies, and the bad were really bad for me, and the good were really good. So, so what happened there, and and why couldn't they be a more consistent team when you're losing to be more competitive? and scratch and claw your way to a 3-2 loss, or maybe you get it into overtime or a shootout and lose. But they just, for whatever reason, that, that just didn't happen. You know, the time that I, I started seeing the team again was after the Tarasenko trade, and then three wins, straight wins. I'm thinking to myself, if Army gives them maybe six or seven games, maybe this team will will pull, you mm-hmm. know, maybe maybe they will pull together and, and get it going and be the team that we thought they were going to be at the very beginning. So, but. That didn't happen because there was an opportunity to make a move for Toronto.
7: Hey Banger, uh Bruby made headlines last week with his comments about players just not playing hard and his top players not doing their job. What were your thoughts about that?
10: Um, I mean I think what what he was saying was he was talking about passion and talking about playing hard together and you know I mean I've done enough games to know that um and you guys have listened to my broadcasters. I've done enough games where I've basically said as much on the air. Um, maybe not as, you know, maybe not as direct, but you know, he's challenging his best players. I, I, I've had many coaches that have challenged the best players. What I liked about it, I'll be, I'm going to move forward. I didn't mind what he said. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I didn't mind. Um, I, am I, not sure how I would have felt if I was a veteran player that had played a lot of games and played a lot of games hard and well, that a, a young player like Torpchenko steps in there and, hmm. says, you know, and says what he said uh, based on only a few games that he's played. I mean, I think there's kind of a, whoa, okay, hold on here. But, okay, now I'm going to go another, I'm going to go a step further. I wish that the veteran players were the ones that were in the locker room that night. Okay? So there's only so many names on the board. Carrie I'm not sure if you, you know what happens here. But not every single player, after every single game, is available to the media which it used to be, and for some teams it is. But now it's written on the board, and it's those players come out and, and, and show up and talk. So maybe there's some criticism about a younger player like Torovchenko saying as much as he said, but, but for me, I would have liked the entire you know, the, the, the veteran group to be out there as well. You know, to answer, and may, maybe it's frustrating because they they have been the ones that have been, you know, answering the bell after every game, win, win or lose, mostly losses. You ask the veterans to step out there, but so there's a lot of things that went on that night. Um, and then what I liked was the response by Robert Thomas. It was like, okay, that's what we want. You want a leader. You want you want him to step out and, and show he cares. And Robert Thomas did, and 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 questioned. Chief, which I, I I thought that was fantastic and and you know it's almost like okay there you go that's leadership right there step up and now the next game let's let's move forward here and so a lot of elements to that you know that that one comment by by chief kind of started a whole parade of of uh, you know, of uh, again, maybe chapters to this book of this of this season that we can all learn from.
7: Yeah, we had Robert on, and I I thought his answer was fantastic. He did answer it, you know, the the best of his ability, and and really yeah. I don't want to say challenge, chief, but but challenge the notion that they weren't trying hard. Um, as as a player, as a veteran player, how do you get that effort to where your coach isn't questioning it? You know, game after game.
10: And by the way, that was a good question, Robert, and it was a good it was a good answer, and I I knew it was on. Mm-hmm. I knew it was on this award-winning show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, how do you, how, Oh, so now I, now I forgot the question. Sorry, Kerry. So how do you, as a player, how do
7: you get to the point where you all are playing to the level where your coach yeah. isn't questioning it anymore?
10: Well, I think that's happened, it's been kind of a lot of times during the year. And so how, how, how do you, I guess, you hit rock bottom every morning, you look yourself in the mirror and you say, what more can I bring to the table? You know what I mean? I, I, Kerry, you played on teams too where you're, you're probably wondering, okay, why isn't that guy pulling on the rope or that guy pulling on the rope? And <clears throat> how can we get everybody pulling on the same rope? And I, I guess it, at, at some point, if, if you feel like at the end of the year that maybe there's, you know, maybe, and I'm just being very hypothetical here, maybe there's a group of guys that just don't want to pull on the rope. Well, you, I think you've got to make moves to make sure that starting the next year that everybody does do that. And so. I mean, I know there's a lot of hockey left to be played. Um, and, and when you're not in the playoffs, a lot of times you you play, you play freer, you know, because there's, there's not, you know, maybe there's not that pressure of trying to catch that line. But I, I really believe it's imperative for the Blues players t- to really work their tails off, to really give it everything they've got, to not be, you know, don't be, don't be not quitting, but don't be, don't go through the motions. This is a very important time for, for the St. Louis Blues fans to know what they've got here. They've been loyal to these players every single game. They've been the most amazing. They've been the MVP of the season for me, has been the fans that have shown up every single night. So what you've you got to play hard. You've got to give it everything you've got. And I thought the second half of the Pittsburgh game was a really good game. I thought it was not the first period, but the second and third period. I, I thought that's the way you've got to play down the stretch. And, and now they're going to have to make up for Ivan Barbashev. And and so now we got you know we got Casperri Capitan coming in who's got something to prove so you know maybe this band of brothers can come together and pull on the same rope together.
6: Panger, last thing from me I'm going to run down just a list of names here, Uh, and this happens to be defensemen from Stanley Cup champions the last several. Cale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Victor Hedman, Bo and Petro, John Carlson, Latang, Latang, Keith and Seabrook in their prime, Drew Doughty, Keith and Seabrook in their prime, Drew Doughty, Chara in his prime, Keith and Seabrook. How hard is it to win a Stanley Cup championship if you don't have one of those guys on the blue line?
10: <laughs> well, I'd say very, very difficult. I mean, you know, I think the Blues, though, you mentioned Petro, and I, I mean, I just think that the Blues were the most unique of that group because of, you know, because of Bo and Perico played phenomenal hockey, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then, you know, we had Joel, Joel Edmondson, all long bodies that could move, you know, all long bodies that could stop the cycle that were, you know, could spend two minutes on the ice at one particular point. So, um, but you have to have a horseback there. There's, there's no question. You have to have a, I think you have to have a big stopper and I think you have to have a guy that can lug the puck and, uh, and then you have to support him with big, mean guys as well. I think, you, let's watch through the Stanley Cup final again, and, and I guarantee you that the team that wins the Stanley Cup is going to have that that big group that's going to be able to defend really, really hard.
6: No doubt about it. Panger, great stuff. Uh, by the way, you, you're you here today, right, for Blues and Kraken. What do you got tomorrow?
10: I'm flying tomorrow. Oh, I've got, I've got uh, the New York Rangers at Philadelphia, so I could have Patrick Kane and, and Vladdy with the New York Rangers uh, against Philly, and then I'm going to meet the team in uh in San Jose on Thursday and continue on the road trip with with the team.
6: Okay, good deal. I wish you were in San Jose on... Well, yeah, uh, I know that the TNT thing is great and lucrative, but isn't San Jose pretty close to Pebble Beach?
10: (laughs) Me like
4: this,
10: <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. We got two days off in, in Arizona, though, so I've got some plans, okay? All, All right.
6: right. <laughs> we'll see you there. Thanks, Panger. Appreciate it.
10: You're a bad man, Randy. You're <laughs> a bad man.
6: will <laughs> <laughs> see you later. That's the great Darren Pang with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, I'm going to be in Arizona next week, too. I wonder if he'll take me along. Me and there my son Patrick, we're going to be there.
7: You going to get some golfing?
6: a little bit of golf in uh-huh. yeah it'll be a lot of fun see some old friends and uh, you should see a lot of baseball should be yeah. fun in fact wayno and uh, and goldie and arnaut are going to be there for there the go. world baseball classics yeah so i'm i'm really 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 looking forward to it it should be great uh, that's Kerry. i'm randy that's Matthew. and we need a fighter for the fight so if you can just provide us a text that says the word fight if you'd like to participate 314-399-9646 the fight is coming your way next on 101 ESPN
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the rear, average Joe listener. And in
1: the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Red.
7: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You ready to take on Mind in this fight today?
10: I am, and it's a bit of a grudge match. My brother was one of the first people to beat him on the fast lane like 10 years ago. Oh,
8: okay. Do you think the producer got a dirty look when uh, he went, uh, when, when Randy lost that round, well, Kerry? We'll, we'll know today if, <laughs> if
7: Chris wins. <laughs> are you ready, Chris? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to Luka Doncic. What country did Doncic start his professional professional career prior to the NBA, playing there from 2015 to, to through 2018? Was it Serbia, France, or Spain?
10: Ooh, uh, let's go Serbia.
7: Who was the last Cardinal
8: to lead the National League in ERA? Is that Chris Carpenter? Jack Flaherty, or Adam Wainwright?
10: Let's go, carp.
7: All right. Randy mentioned yesterday that there is only one banner hanging in Atlanta that reads the St. Louis Hawks, marking the Hawks' current 63-year NBA championship drought, good for second longest in the NBA history. At 71 years, who has the longest drought in the association? Is it the Phoenix Suns, the New York Knicks, or the Sacramento Kings?
0: Uh, let's go Knicks.
8: And who was the last pitcher in twenty in tw- excuse me? Who was the last pitcher to win twenty games in back to back MLB seasons? Is that Roy Oswalt, Justin Verlander, or Johan Santana?
10: Uh, let's go Justin Verlander.
8: All right, we'll double check our score. We'll bring in Randy Carricker. Chris, how you feeling?
11: Uh 50-50. The, I'm not a big NBA fan, but uh, it's fun either way, so I'm excited to excited to take
7: part. Now, when your brother beat Randy 10 years or so ago, what was, what was the final score? Do you remember?
10: I don't. I don't. But I know he was one of the first ones back in the early days of the fast lane to get him in the 4 o'clock fight.
7: Okay, well, we'll have to remind Randy of that. What's your brother's name? Brandon. I'm sorry, we didn't hear you. Oh, Brandon. Brandon. So, Uh, Randy say hello to Chris Chris good morning how you doing? Good. Are you ready? Doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Now, Chris's brother Brandon beat you. Was one of the first people to beat you in the four o'clock fight on the fast lane about ten years or so ago. Do you recall that fight?
6: Back in the day. I know you remember everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah, yeah. You probably had a handful of losses in your life. I'm (laughs) still (laughs) bitter. I'm sure. So (laughs) you're going to take it out on Chris here, obviously. I don't know about that. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Until until eight thirty, you really are. (laughs) All right, ready? You ready? Ready. Happy birthday. To Luka Doncic, what country did Doncic start his professional career prior to the NBA, playing there from 2015 through
6: 2018? Okay, I know this, but I don't know this. Uh, 15 to 18, Luka. Just give me the, the countries. Yeah, Serbia, France,
7: or Spain. Luka
6: Doncic. I, I think he played. He's from Serbia, but I think he played in Spain.
8: All right, Randy. Who was the last Cardinal to lead the National League in ERA?
6: Mm, um I think we might have to go back to uh I think Chris Carpenter did like with like a two point two three or something like that in 05. Um I don't think Wayne's ever led the league in the ERA. I know Joe McGrane did, but I think that was too long ago.
7: I will go with Carp. All right, Randy. Yesterday you mentioned that the only banner hanging in Atlanta reads the St. Louis Hawks, marking the Hawks' current 63-year NBA championship drought, good for second longest in NBA history. At 71 years, who has the longest drought in the association?
6: 71 years. So the team had to obviously have been in existence for that long, right? Um, I think I might go like Royals Kings. I think I might go with like Sacramento Kings, Kansas City Kings, Cincinnati Royals. I don't recall them winning. And I'm pretty old. So I'm going to go with them. All right, Randy, who is
8: the last pitcher to win 20 games in back to back MLB seasons?
6: Um, this is. Normally, you've got like a group of three guys, right? You've got Scherzer, Verlander, and Kershaw. Um, This is. It's really a coin flip for me. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else recently that has done that. I will, uh, I, I don't think it was, uh, Halliday is always in the mix here, too. Um, But I think I'll, did Kershaw do it? I don't think he did. Scherzer, he threw a lot of innings, strikeouts, a lot of guys. I'll go with Verlander because I like the guy.
8: So does Kate. Yeah. <laughs> this was a tough fight today. Chris coming in with some family grudges a little bit, trying to live up to the brother. I'm interested. We should have asked if it was an older or a younger brother, because that's really going to change how this outcome hits the family of, of Chris and Brendan. Or did Randy just keep on rolling through this entire familial product? Ring that bell.
2: The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Character. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today.
8: Just win, baby. Chris, I'm sorry. Randy beat you 3-1. I think this now technically means that you're feuding with him as a family. We got beef. Yeah, I think the characters <laughs> is in his it family. It's now, it's now kind of like an old Irish clan thing. <laughs> Well, it was a
10: tough fight, but it was a
8: lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining today, Chris. And let's go over those answers. Happy birthday to Luka Doncic, who uh, Kerry refused to call by his nickname. No. What country did Doncic start his professional career prior to the NBA? He was drafted and played for Real Madrid in Spain. He uh, was, was born in Slovenia and then he played his professional career starting in Spain for Real Madrid. What's so, his
6: mom is doing? Everybody liked his mom. she a oh. nice lady? Evidently very nice
8: Good for her Uh, A little different Than the seven foot You know like Serbian bodyguards yeah. that are walking around with Jokic's family. Right. Uh, who was the last Carter to lead the NL in ERA? It's been well over. It's been a little bit over a decade. Chris Carpenter in two thousand nine with a two point two four. Randy two point two four. I would have played Jack if you would have got that right. Randy, you mentioned yesterday that the banner hanging in Atlanta reads St. Louis Hawks, which means the current Atlanta Hawks have a sixty-three year NBA championship drought. Only the what is it? Sacramento, Omaha, Cincinnati, all the different places <laughs> that the Kings have been over the years. They have never won a championship. Seventy-one years. It is the second longest drought in all of sports. The only one longer being
6: Arizona Cardinals. No, they have a nineteen forty-seven. Cleveland, Guard, uh, the Cleveland baseball franchise. Oh, okay, Guardians. Seventy-three
8: Indiana. years is uh, so just just Ooh. a little bit past well, there. theirs. Was forty-eight, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. So, I th- yes Last time the Cardinals think, one was forty-seven. Oh. The Cardinals red. one is longer. I thought, I thought 73 was here's, the longest here's one. Here's where me. you
7: start hearing rock. Go click those keys.
4: Ah, well, I got a quick little list
8: here still <laughs> on my phone when I was looking it up, so I, I was just going to double-check it here because I, I, I like having these little factoids here. So uh, 71 for the Kings, 73 for the Guardians slash Indians, and where am I at here on football?
6: last time they won the championship was 1947
8: yeah 47 they got they got one one more year on them so my apologies it's the uh Cardinals franchise with the of longest course. one in all of sports and who's the last pitcher to win 20 games in back-to-back MLB seasons Roy Oswald all the way back wow. in 4 405 it's been a long time coming since another player has done that so a three-1 win for Randy over Chris Chris again thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight
10: today Thanks, guys. Good job, hey, Chris. Chris.
6: Good to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. Good to have you listening to the opening drive. That is the fight. Coming up, we've got today's big thing. We're going to talk to Missouri Missouri's basketball coach, Dennis Gates, at 9 o'clock, busy 9 o'clock hour coming up for you. But next up, what are your impressions of the pitch clock early on in spring training? You've been watching, so you know we want to get your texts in, 314-399-9646. We want to hear from you, like it or not, on 101 ESPN.
1: We're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy
1: and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for Today's Big Thing.
0: The most interesting thing so far to me, it's the numbers of all of the games so far. The average spring training game throughout last spring training, all of spring training, mind you, Greeny, was three hours and one minute. Throughout 35 games so far this spring, the average time of game has been two hours and 38 minutes.
6: That, of course, is Jeff Passan with Mike Greenberg on Get Up and notable numbers for baseball so far with the pitch clock and Kerry, I'm not as concerned about the time of game as I am about the pace of game. Mm. I find the game much more attractive and much more filled with action now because of the pitch clock than I did last year at this time.
7: Yeah, it's about the pace. And and we talked about that, not having uh, a slow, methodical pace to the games where pitchers are, you know, behind the mound dealing with the rosin bag and batters are stepping in and out of the box. It, it was a cat and mouse game that took a long time at times, just that simple portion of it. Now you'll still have the cat and mouse part of it, but it'll happen a little bit quicker. People have to make a decision quicker than they than than they have been accustomed to in past years. And I think that's better for the overall viewing of the game for fans that are either in attendance or, or watching it at home.
6: From the six one eight, I like the pitch clock. No more batter or pitcher walking around after every pitch. Max Scherzer is wrong. Most pitchers throw the ball between 8 and 0. I do think the bases are stupid, and that's the expanded bases, 3 inches. Uh, they, they've gone from 15 to 18. Whether or not it makes a difference, I don't know, because one of the problems the baseball has people so Theo Epstein, who came up with the idea, said, well, this will cause more teams to steal bases because that bang-bang play will go to the runner. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is runners don't know how to slide anymore, yes. and they overrun the base. So I would think that the bang-bang play probably will still favor the defensive team.
7: Does this seem a little bit contradictory because a few years ago they, they tried to eliminate that play at second base where the runner was taking out the shortstop of the second baseman? Now' it's going to happen a little bit quicker than it has happened in the past does that Is that a problem that could be arising again? I think that runners
6: have become conditioned out of taking out, not taking out that guy that was for me the,
7: that was fun though was I great. mean to watch the athleticism of a shortstop you know receive that ball from the second baseman. I think of Ozzy having mm-hmm. to jump over the sliding runner and make a throw an accurate throw to throw out that 's the athleticism that made baseball what it was
6: and what happened, Kerry was as the game softened. Middle infielders became really comfortable just standing in there, yeah. Because there was so, Matt Holiday was one of the guys. There were so few players that would take out a middle infielder right. that when they got really comfortable, they got taken out. They got hurt.
7: That was, but that's part of the game. That was right. part of the it game was. where you had to actually be aware, make a play, catch the ball, jump, throw, and try to get a runner out. You know, all in in one process. I think that was a, a an exciting part of the game that has been sort of eliminated because you mm-hmm. don't even the runners stop they they take a knee halfway there they don't even try to get there anymore in the second base so I I just wonder if that part will be brought back up because the bases because you know three inches is is a, is a lot for for right to, to, plays that are bang yeah. bang
6: that are happening that fast and I was talking to Ozzy last week they used to have a base running coach come in every spring to teach players how to slide. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Players don't know how to slide. They overslide the bases. They're worried about their ankles. And they overslide the bases, and that's why they get thrown out. And that will still happen even if the base is bigger.
7: Did you know that, that quarterbacks, that some teams bring in baseball players and staffs to teach quarterbacks how to slide as well? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. some quarterbacks tell them how to slide. You remember you Sam have Bradford? To teach, yes. You have to <laughs> teach people how to slide correctly so that, so that they don't, don't get hurt. Uh, Text from the 408,
6: the whole thing with the batters leaving the box is illegal. The batters have to have one foot in the box at all times unless he calls timeout. The pitcher has the opportunity to throw the ball. It's a live ball. The umpires weren't doing their job. That's exactly right. And I mentioned earlier that that was something that was a point of emphasis a few years ago. But no no umpires would say anything, for example, to David Ortiz. He would take a foot out of the box so that he could think and nobody ever said a word to him. You're 100% right on the rule. There's also always been a pitch clock, yeah. and it hasn't been enforced by the umpires. If, in, if you go back to old baseball rule books, there's been a fifteen second pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was a fourteen second pitch clock, but it was the the rule was always there. Now we actually have a clock, though. Yes.
7: And, and and it's going to force guys to actually do the job in a in a in a shorter span, a shorter period period of time. Mm-hmm. Which I said makes it more exciting for the fans that are, are consuming that product.
6: Here's one from the three one four. How is the pitch clock going to affect television advertising revenue? With a shorter game, they're not going to get as many commercials. Wouldn't that hurt the situation with Valley's bankruptcy even more? Well, the, nothing's going to change between innings. Mm-hmm. All of this is going to take place between pitches, where you aren't watching commercials right. anyway, and. Uh, So all the inventory that Bally had last year is going to be available this year to them. So you will see as many commercials...
7: I, I agree. I don't think we talked about the the period in between innings where nothing is gonna change. You're still gonna be able to have your bathroom breaks. You're still gonna be able to make your concession stand runs. Uh it's gonna be the same amount of time in between innings. It's just gonna be the pace of game. And we're talking about twenty three minutes, right? That I think that's what they said, around 20, 23 minutes that the game has been mm-hmm. shortened. That's not that's not overly drastic, but it, it is something that, you know, can make the game, the viewing experience more more fun for those watching. And one last one. This is from the 314. <laughs> now three inches are all of a sudden a lot.
1: Oh,
6: three oh, more God. inches. Well, think about it, though. It's actually three inches on each base, so it's like a total of six. Uh, there you go. So that is, it's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty big. <laughs>
4: yeah. Th-
6: no, average. Uh, coming up next on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to Mizzou basketball um, coach Dennis Gates in the opening drive on 101
1: ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. East is inbounding. No timeouts.
0: You got Golston. Couple of dribbles. You got to shoot. Two seconds. Let's it go. Oh! Oh!
4: Got it!
1: Johnson spins it out for Young. In and out! Final seconds. Moving down. Bell throws it over for Goldstein. He's got it. Timeouts for Missouri.
6: Honor lets it fly. Honor
4: Rattles home the three. <laughs>
6: What a fun year this has been for Missouri basketball fans. The Mizzou Tigers at 21 and 8, 9 and 7 in the conference, travel to LSU tomorrow. Only two Power Five teams have scored more points per game than the Tigers. You heard some of the drama that has unfolded during the course of the season. Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And the head coach of the Tigers, Dennis Gates, kind enough to join us. Coach, good morning. How are you doing?
11: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And drama, I drew all those plays up, man. Last-second shots, all love it. All the excitement. What do you mean, drama? Hey,
4: I come on here, Coach,
6: I come out here every morning after this and say that's all on Coach. That's that's Coach right there. That's coaching them up.
11: Well, I'll tell you what, our guys are uh, giving us their very best, and that's all we can ask from young people. Give your very best no matter the conditions, and our guys are doing that consistently.
7: Coach, when you win a game uh, in the fashion that you have, those couple of games, and, and you always, I'm sure, talk about finishing and finishing the right way does that kind of give credence to what you're speaking about even if it even if you're down even if it all the things seem like they're against you to get an opportunity is all you can ask for to finish the game and and they've done that you all have done that a few times this season
11: Absolutely. I think when we reflect on finishing in life, finishing in a real world, finishing all the tasks that may come up uh, in life as you continue to go through things, we want all our young men to to learn that lesson, to never give up and obviously give their very best. Sometimes it may bounce your way, sometimes it may not, but at least you can look in the mirror knowing what you gave. And that's what we look at. We want guys to give their very best, give to each other, work as great teammates, and obviously represent the program well.
6: Coach, there there are a lot of teams that don't have multiple players that a coach or fans would feel comfortable with that guy taking the, the last shot. Seems like you guys, anybody can take the last shot, and you feel comfortable with anybody taking it. Is that an accurate read of of the group of players that you have?
11: Well, we have several guys that can do that, uh, and it's over nine of them that I truly believe have the capability of making big-time plays at the last second, and obviously throughout the game they've demonstrated it in the season. Uh, It's just fortunate where DeAndre Goldstein gave us two, Nick Honor gave us another, Um, you know, and those guys just step up in the moment and seize the opportunity and their teammates, more importantly, find them and space out and, you know, just depend on them when they need to.
7: Hey, Coach, you all had a game a couple of nights ago versus uh, Georgia where your best player, Kobe Brown, came to you before, I guess, at halftime and said, hey, we need to get some of these other guys involved. You were down by one at halftime but ended up winning that game by 22. What does that say about you know that young man and, and just about what this team is when you have one of your best players bringing that, bringing that to your attention at halftime?
11: Well, well Kobe's going to go down as one of Mizzou's all-time greats, and I truly believe that. Uh, what he's accomplished here has has been definitely a, a major, major asset to our institution. Uh, but when you can't have the leadership come in and say, uh, you know, coach, I, I think it's best for this person to play or suggest the things that they suggest because it opens up the game. That's what you want to teach young men to do. Make decisions, make tough decisions, decisions difficult decisions, even if it means, the level of unselfishness that that Kobe displayed uh and and they they give forth to the to their teammates before they think of themselves and I'm I'm just appreciative of our culture of our community to be able to continue that uh head on
7: Hey, Coach, you talked about Kobe and his his experience and what he's brought to Mizzou. His first couple of years, he was 24% from three-point. Now he's at 46%. Uh, what has been the change in in that, just allowing him to shoot the ball better and have more success?
11: Well, Coach and his staff did a great job evaluating Kobe Brown and the talent. And obviously, we've done our job to continue to develop him as a young man, get him better in the areas that he has pursued to get better at. Uh, he knew coming into this season, that he needed to increase his three-point percentage. And he worked diligently uh, as soon as I got here after the press conference and even in our meetings. We spoke about that. And I've done everything that I told him I would do and vice versa. He's done everything that he said he would do. Uh, and we're just seeing the results play out, but more importantly, the unselfishness of his teammates finding him, but also our shooting percentage as a whole you just can't focus on one person. You have to kind of look at the different pieces out there. Dre Golston, uh, Moy Hodge, Nick Honor. Those guys have helped them. Isaiah Mosley. Those guys have helped uh, Kobe Brown in our court spacing.
6: Dennis Gates, the head coach at the University of Missouri, joining us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coach, you guys have had the opportunity to or have beaten pretty much everybody in your conference. How are you feeling as you head towards SEC tournament play?
11: Well, we hadn't beat everybody. I can tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, this, this is this is one of the toughest conferences in the country, uh, and you know there are some great coaches, uh, great players, and I'm just thankful to walk the same sidelines as future Hall of Famers. And hopefully, as we continue to build our program, although we're in the infant stages, that we can get the uh, also postseason notoriety or or accolades or success but also my individual success as a leader. Uh, We're just trying to uh, put our program back where Norm Stewart had it, and he's done a great job, tremendous job, um, you know, building the program at the very beginning of his career all the way through.
7: Hey coach, when I watch you all play the the pace, uh, the shots, the shot making that you all do, I think it gives kind of a jolt to the system of the opponents. Uh, do you do you feel that way as well? And, and where did you learn this style to, that you brought to Mizzou, uh, this fast pace and this exciting style of play that you all play with?
11: Well, first of all, my high school coach George Stanton uh, of Whitney Young High School, uh, Hall of Fame coach, state champion, he he basically instilled this uh, mentality in me as a youngster, uh, as, a, as a future head coach, but also as a system, uh, in addition to our AAU coach, uh, Larry Butler from the Illinois Warriors. Uh, it was just a, the, the type of freedom and empowerment that they gave me and my teammates early on, and we wanted to play that way, and they gave us the confidence to do it. Uh, they encouraged it. And the, the most powerful young person is a young person with confidence, And uh, that's what I try to give our guys, and and ultimately, that's what you see out there. Uh, We want to space the court. I've had different coaches impact my life. We want to space the court as much as possible and uh, play as unselfish, and that goes into our eight core values of friendship, love, accountability, trust, discipline, unselfishness, enthusiasm, and toughness.
6: Hey, Coach, you've had the opportunity now because you, you've had the job for a while to learn about the state, learn about the, the regions within the state, and that includes the the uh, Kansas side on the on the west side of the state and the, the Illinois side here. What are your impressions of basketball in the Missouri and surrounding areas?
11: Well, I think grassroots basketball is unreal here. Uh, there's a great high school association uh, here in the state of Missouri, Uh, You have surrounding states as well with some uh, absolute exceptional coaches and players. Uh, I'm excited to be able to build onto the relationship in this basketball community. Uh, I'm thankful that our uh, state championship has been brought back to the city of Columbia here at Mizzou Arena. Uh, I think that gives every young person a front, front door. Uh, to our to our uh, arena, but also to our community uh, coming from every possible part of our state, from Kansas City to St. Louis, uh, down from Springfield to the Boo Hill. Um, you know, I just think ultimately that's what, um, you know, we've been able to do throughout the tenure of our basketball tradition, and I'm excited to continue
7: it. Hey, Coach, I like to ask head coaches this, whether it be football or basketball. What are you looking for in a recruit? What, what type of players are you looking to bring into your system uh, to help you all win championships?
11: Well, first of all, I, as a person, I look at the things that allow me to be successful. Uh, and those A core values that I just mentioned are those things. And when we look at recruits, we want to be able to see how they demonstrate those A core values of friendship, love, accountability, trust, discipline, unselfishness, enthusiasm, and toughness in their everyday life, not just in basketball, but also in the classroom and in a community. And I think when you look at that holistically, you're now, uh, giving a, a blueprint to how you want to develop a teenager into a man, but also one day they can use those same, same guides or guidelines uh, as they become leaders, husbands, fathers, or, or successful people in their communities. Hey, Coach,
6: one last thing before we let you go. And uh, you mentioned the arena, and uh, we, we go back a, a long time here in Missouri, and we've seen a lot of yellow seats at Mizzou Arena. And fans are showing up now, and this is different than it's been before you got here. How heartening is that to you that you've brought the fans back to that building?
11: Well, I'm excited about it. And the one thing that I always say, coaches have come and go. Um, players graduate. The fans in this building uh, are the most consistent and needed to build a program and take it to the next level. I'm just thankful for our community to be able to want to come out. I'm thankful for our student body to make the energy in the uh, arena so spectacular. Um, You know, that last shot that Nick Honor hit here, the ground was shaking. And it was almost like a category, whatever it was, a, a four point something earthquake uh, <laughs> of excitement, right? Uh, those things matter. And when you look across the country, it gives uh, a home court advantage and and i'm I'm thankful for what our community has rallied behind. but also you look at us announcing uh, next year's season tickets going on sale um, and and we've had some number of people um, sell or buy those season tickets for next year so i encourage you guys to go online get your season tickets for next season i guarantee you there will be more sellouts and we're excited about the future opponents that we may have come through this building coach looking forward
6: to that we always enjoy having you on the show thanks so much for the time go get them at lsu tomorrow thanks m-i-z Z-O-U. Come on, Kerry. Coach, nah, coach I you can talk I help do it. me this
7: time, Coach. Let me say that again. I, I can't M-I-G. help you, Coach. Coach, I did it last w- time. One more. I. And I. <laughs> hey,
4: not again. I put again. on the
7: spot last time.
9: Yeah,
4: not again. <laughs> Z- Z-O-U. Is, nah, nah, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate coach. it, Coach.
6: See you later. <laughs> That's Dennis <laughs> Gates, the head basketball coach at the University of Missouri joining us on 101 ESPN.
7: Got too much crap last time, Randy. Oh, yeah. Couldn't believe, let it happen uh, again.
6: I believe it. Man. Coming up, uh, we have a major announcement here on The Opening Drive, and you need to stick around because it's coming your way next here on 101 ESPN. You're back
1: to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: michelle smallman left our show in september and carrie davis took over and it's been carrie and randy for the last six months and sometimes when one or the other of us or are out Mm -hmm. channel four's brooke grimsley steps in and uh, does a magnificent job of filling in and we have an announcement to make today brooke grimsley is here in studio and we, Carrie and Randy, are very proud to announce that Brooke will be joining the opening drive starting, actually on Friday, but I'm yeah. out next week and it'll be Brooke and Carrie next week. Welcome. Great to have you with us.
5: Yes, I'm super excited. I, we, You know, we've been talking about this for a while and I've just loved working with you guys and I, I'm just, I'm so excited to join this team, join you guys. I feel like already a part of a family, which I know that that sounds cheesy to say, right? But... Every time that I would leave here, I would always leave smiling, super Mm -hmm. happy, and just feeling like, wow, that was such a fun experience. And so now to be able to experience that every day with you guys is amazing.
7: It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have exciting times we're going to have a lot of different uh viewpoints and a different you know different mindsets but it's going to be great to to have you a part of our family it is family we are family yeah absolutely we have fun every day and
5: we you know, are family yeah. i don't know if you guys want me to sing yeah. probably not, yeah, not no, it's, <laughs> it's radio. It's radio. i need to work on yeah. that a little, little bit you have sang yeah. two
6: impromptu happy birthdays in the last week
4: so <laughs> we're, we're, we're all we're
6: amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you got your start actually in radio
5: I did. So I grew up with my dad is a giant sports radio fan, so I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. That's all he would listen to it. I guess that you would say that it's old school now. He's the type that would sit in the living room and just have the radio turned on. And that's how he loved to consume sports. And so that's what I would do, sit around with him as well. And so in Nashville, as soon as I, you know, was able to get a job in college. I started working with three h l and that was with Blaine Bishop, which everybody mm-hmm. might remember from yep. the Titans day, the mm-hmm. Titans days, and I loved it so much and then I pivoted over to TV broadcasting, and I just always felt like I wanted to come back to sports radio because you know in t v it's great, it's fantastic, but it was so short. You have two minutes. To, you know, talk about a game, yeah. to show your personality. But with sports radio, you can actually have a full-on conversation and feel like you're just talking with a bunch of friends, right? That's what I always want to feel like. Is like yeah. if I was just going to a bar with some friends and we're having a conversation, sports bar, that's what it feels like with sports radio. And it just feels natural. It feels authentic rather than like, I got two minutes to just say what <laughs> right, I need to say right, exactly. <laughs> and then dip out, you know? So it, it's so great to be coming back to sports radio. I think my dad is... Through the roof right now because he just listen, he listens all the time through the app and so he, he enjoys it as well. So it's definitely made him excited, my family excited, and I'm excited as well.
7: Well, we are as well. We, we're, we're very excited. Like I said, we have so much fun here. Every day we come in, we laugh, we joke, we talk sports. It's, it is. It's like sitting at a bar minus the drinks. I mean, we could probably... Yeah, well, maybe, probably not no, in the
6: not, morning.
5: Okay, <laughs> I, It's too early or yeah, is it more against a fast lane okay. thing. Okay, yeah, the I am just wondering, yeah. I mean, you know... Maybe, There's some morning maybe shows that do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where they have like some cocktails and go over the hot topics of the day. Yeah, just
7: wondering. Maybe. Maybe someday. Be, might have some issues by the time, <laughs> by about a month in, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll figure it out.
6: One of the things, how long were you, have you been at Channel 4. And if people haven't read Brooke's great post at Instagram, follow Brooke on Instagram at Brooke Grimsley. But you were at Channel 4 for how many years?
5: Five years. Because I noticed right off
6: the bat how hard you worked and how you were at every event. And you know the teams, you know the players, you have access, and you've made great contacts throughout the course of those five years. So... I know as you walk through these doors that not only are you coming in to talk sports, but you know what the heck you're talking about. And I'm really proud because you and I, like you said, we've talked about this for a while now. I'm really proud that you're able to walk through that door and and be part of this because I know that the people that are listening have a real authentic sports or St. Louis sports person in that chair.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I came here as a little Southern gal, right? Just like ready to take over the St. Louis sports scene. And the reason that I wanted to come to St. Louis is because growing up, I knew the St. Louis Cardinals, right? We had a lot of you know being near Vanderbilt, we had the Vandy boys, a lot of them go, going on to be Cardinals, and that's how I enjoyed watching Major League Baseball is seeing where the Vandy boys went. Mm-hmm but i knew that coming here taking a job here in st louis that st louis sports fans are different than other fan bases and look i'm not trying to just win you guys over who are listening right <laughs> now i'm being honest. honest because i had other job offers in other cities but i knew that if i could come here to st louis i knew the broadcasting legends that have worked here who work here you know the you know sports personalities as well i knew that if i could come here and you know really work around these people that it would help me grow as a sports journalist as well it would you know push me further it would help me be a better interviewer it would help me do so many different things and i knew that st louis sports fans know their crap too mm-hmm. so you can't just you know pretend to know these are people that when you're speaking to them they actually really care about the sports, all the little details. It stood out to me, you know, the first Blues game I went to. You could hear a pin drop, and that's not because people aren't interested. It's because they're looking at every single detail. Same thing with Busch Stadium. They're paying attention to every little thing. They know the right time to cheer, all that kind of stuff. As a sports journalist, that's a dream, Right. To yeah. be able to talk to those fans.
7: Well, now Brooke, you get to be involved. Eight thirty is our is the power hour, power thirty minutes <laughs> for us because Randy and uh, Rock kind of go back and forth. So now we have another uh, another voice that will help with this. We I, we no longer call it the fight; we call it the bludgeon, the bludgeon. <laughs> because Randy <laughs> tends to beat the hell out of people, but Rock assists in it, and then we have people upset all over the text line. And, yeah, well, and well,
8: so well, we well, I, well, wait a second, no, to hold on a line, moment. Rock,
7: according to the text line, you give. I don't like. Usage of the word "assist" there to, to Randy, and oh, therefore, like the usage of the word so now we can there. we can kind of push this a little bit further and have a little more fun at Rock's expense. We we will have great <laughs> fun in here at Rock and Randy's expense because those two, you know, eight thirty is a great time to be in here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, Karen. Wait, yes, have, you it, seen, uh, have you seen Randy upset? Like, have you ever seen him upset? Because he he's not a I man have, that
5: I have not yet. Okay. I, I'm excited to see that. 8:30. What point.
7: day
6: do you come back? I March 13th. I, I, well, I might have jury duty.
7: Oh, so you I do you have might jury duty that day. Yeah, you might be. So yeah. March it might be a 14th. Days. Okay. Yeah. Well, whenever the first day Randy is back and it's 8:30, that will probably be the first time you see uh, an upset Randy character. He doesn't he doesn't get bothered by much. He's an easy going easy going kind of guy, <laughs> but. That kind of sets him off when the questions don't match the answers.
5: Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand, especially with trivia. When we had that oh, trivia, night. We did yeah. trivia night, yes, and then Are you, yeah, yes, yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. Oh, he, Randy he, was like, "Wait a minute, th- this, this is, is not the right answer." <laughs> that's, that's right. And that yeah. was the. And the trivia guy even knew. Okay, yeah. then Randy probably is right.
7: Yeah, there you
5: go. Rock
8: Here. has
6: used that. I, that's it
8: Rock. Was, is. Yeah, it happened. Th- for I think it was back in October. We had the exact same thing and the exact same consternation over. Well, is the question about when they sold it or when they took control? or when they agreed Thank to the you. price or <laughs> because like one of them is November of 95 the other one's March 96 so it's like okay where we go here a Writer texted me after that and goes you need to use this as a fight question and of course I'll it's already been done, my guy. I've lived through this already.
4: <laughs> the exact scenario. Uh,
6: boy, do I hate being right.
4: Yeah, yeah not yeah. really. Not so yeah. much. Not <laughs> not really. No, he actually loves yeah, it.
7: Why is there a giant smile <laughs> on your face right now? He actually uh, loves being right every single day. Yep. So Brooke will be
6: in with us on Friday. We're looking forward to that, and then you two will handle next week. And then until I'm done with you, guys, want me to try to get out of jury duty? I you?
5: mean, if you don't have to go, Randy, I mean, it well, is
7: a service. It, you know, yeah, it is. It, it is your, your duty.
5: And I think. I think you have to show up, right? I, I, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> up. it will be bad if you don't show
7: up. They might come knock on the door mid mid segment and pull you out of here. They they actually like having people
6: participate
7: now. You enjoy doing jury duty, though. I do. I want to there get on a jury. Hey, yeah. So I quick quick story
6: no. about my last time. Okay, my wife's an attorney. Bam. Yeah. You know? uh, last time, like I I was I, I wore a suit. I was enthusiastic. I asked questions. I was dismissed summarily. They they couldn't wait to have me out of there because I was I was trying to act le- legit like I really wanted yeah. to be there. They, they, didn't, didn't, want pe- they didn't want people that really knew what was going on on Why? that
7: journey. Partic- I have they, no well, idea. Well, Brooke, I'm sure they want people that have no clue. It depends on who's who's uh, who, what the case is. They want yeah. some people that don't have any common sense to make some decisions that uh, you know can go in their favor. Yep. Then so, another time, it was during
6: Rams were here and it was right during free agency it was like this time of year and the ju- i went to the judge and i said uh, hey i don't think i can do this he said why and i said I think the city needs me. <laughs> and they
4: dismissed me. It was great. It
6: worked out well. So, looking forward what a, to that. what
5: a Batman moment for you, right there. Oh, yeah.
6: City, city it was all BS, Fair. but it worked. So, as long, as long as it works, it was great. But I'm going to try. When when I go in there on the 13th, I, I am absolutely going to try my buddy Wesley Bell, the prosecutor of the great county of St. Louis. See, I don't think you can
7: say that. Because oh, now just, you won't. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> now you won't be selected at all. They're going to this type that <laughs> you saying, Wesley Bell is your buddy, and they're gonna say, No, 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 he can't be on the jury. I feel like did. this is the plan. Let's maybe. just seal the deal.
5: What, what did
8: your wife do for a long period of time? Attorney, yeah, there, there you, you go. Are. Okay, cool, we're done. You yeah. got to figure
7: it figured out. Yeah, we'll be talking to Randy Character after uh, March uh,
6: yeah. 11th. Brooke, we're looking forward to this, so looking forward to it. We're thrilled to have you here in the studio, and uh, looking forward to Friday, and then you having a long and fruitful and illustrious career here at 101 ESPN.
5: Yes, I'm super excited to join. I I don't know, I'm just, I'm pumped over here. I wish you guys could see me. I'm just like, my my cheeks are like huge. I'm just so excited to join you guys. It's going to be awesome.
6: So That's our new partner, Brooke Grimsley. It's the opening drive with Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, another member of our family. Mike Claiborne is next from Jupiter here on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive
2: podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
6: Carrie Davis, Randy Kerker, We go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and our friend Mike Claiborne from Clavesonline.com, of course, involved with the Cardinal Broadcast and the Cardinal Radio Network. And he joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line from Jupiter. Good morning, Claves. How you doing? I am
9: doing well. Uh, it's a little toasty here in Florida, but uh, mm-hmm. we're going to play some baseball this afternoon down in uh, West Palm Beach against the Washington Nationals.
6: I uh, feel for you with the temperature, <laughs> first of all. It's a shame. Uh
9: yeah, it's going to be at least 85 today.
6: <laughs> <No>.
9: <laughs> Second of all... These will be warm. It's about 10, 10 degrees higher than what it normally is at this time
6: of the year. Oh, well, yeah, that is, it is toasty then, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. claims uh, Matthew Libertor gets a start today. What do you think the Cardinals think of Libertor now?
9: Well, you know what? I think somebody's in the room saying, "And hey, what do we trade for him? Mm-hmm. Because I think he's a guy that he looks the part, he talks the part, but the same thing we saw when we first saw him, uh, you know, not being able to control the curveball, not being able to establish inside part the plate are uh, things that still haunt him. Now, he told me recently that he had a different training regimen as far as the offseason was concerned, so I'm anxious to see him. He's a very nice young man. You really root for him. But you know, you have to wonder: if this Is this this as good as it's going to get? Uh, I think they're going to give him a long look. But you know, he's going to have to be lights out in order to make this team.
7: Hey, Glaves, uh, Jordan Walker had a, a pretty good game a couple of days ago. How much more do you need to see from him to know that he's your starting outfielder? Boy, that's
9: a good question, <laughs> Kerry. I would say another week or so. All right. I mean, you know, he, he didn't hit, he didn't have to swing a lot. He swung at the first pitch and yep. hit it four hundred and thirty feet. But he hit one yesterday on the backfield that they think might have went 500.
7: Oh, my goodness.
9: You know, so, I mean, he's got, like, stupid talent. Uh, you know, he legged out an infield hit. Uh, he played left field the other day and made a good catch on a ball that was wind-driven. Uh, he's got a real interesting situation because his baseball IQ is well beyond most twenty-year-olds I know.
7: Hey, Claves, I was talking to Randy the other day, and I told him he looks like a professional player already. He doesn't look like a guy that has been in the minors that may be trying to sort his way out. He looks like he's already been playing in the majors for three or four years. Do you do you see that yeah, as well? I agree, Clary.
9: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, he he looks like he belongs here. And that's something that I think has impressed a lot of people who haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, He carries himself like a pro. Uh, He's a very good listener. Uh, He's always asking questions. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be surprised by what happens in the game. And, you know, we were talking the other day about the fact that, you know, I told him, I said, you know, you've seen a lot of fastballs. He said, yeah, but I'm anxious to see how teams pitch me so I can make the adjustments. So he's prepared to to be able to deal with the change up and the slider and whatever they're going to throw to him all speed wise, and that that says a lot about his preparation. So I'm anxious to see him. But you know, the, the thing is, if Carlson or somebody else falls on their face, that he obviously moves to the front of the line as far as being on the team. But I think he's a guy that you want him to play, and if he's not going to play every day, he's going to be in Memphis. Uh, because he needs to get it back. Remember, he didn't really play any AAA ball last mm-hmm. year. So I don't think you want him there too long, but if he's not going to play here with the Cardinals on the big team, then he probably needs to be in Memphis
6: to get some reps. claves what are your impressions early on of Nolan Gorman, both offensively and defensively?
9: Well, he's got a different swing, that's for sure. Uh, a little bit more level, um, and it seems like he's making better contact. Uh, defensively, man, he made a couple of plays uh, the other day that, I think it was all because of confidence in knowing he can make a play like that. Uh, he's got good hands. He's got good footwork. And I really think he's, you could see him making some legitimate improvements.
7: And hey, when I see uh, Nolan Gorman's body, it looks like it might be 5, 10 pounds, maybe added or lost, but it, it looks different than what it did last season. Have you seen that as well?
9: Yeah, more sculpted, carry I yeah. think is what I would use. Uh he may be the same size, but I think the weight is more evenly distributed. I mean, because he's really put together from the waist down, you know, as far as his legs are concerned. That's why he's a power hitter. Uh, but, you know, you can tell he's probably a little bit more flexible, too. Uh, you know, I think a lot of guys, as they put on muscle, they have to remember they have to stay flexible, especially if you're going to play on the infield. So uh, I, I like his improvement as well.
6: Speaking of wanting to be more flexible, Tyler O'Neill getting that time in center field, and he looks, he's not the quintessential Harrison Bader natural center fielder, but he gets to the balls that he needs to get to because of that great speed. What do you think of him so far in center field?
9: You know what? That's that's an interesting point you make, and I've seen every center field the Cardinals have had since Kurt Blood, okay? And he doesn't remind me of any of them. Hmm.
10: Uh,
9: He's kind of, I won't say awkward, he's not as graceful as most center fielders I've seen where you know, he uses his speed. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, the question there is, does he make up for taking bad angles with his speed? And, and I think we saw that with Harrison Bader. You know, he got to some balls because he took bad angles where he was having to lay out for. I don't know if O'Neill's going to lay out for a lot of balls, but I think he can catch up to a few. I'm going to let the jury stay out on that one because I, I need to see him a little bit more. And now he's going to play for Team Canada. I don't think Team Canada's chances are very... Big as far as winning the WBC, so we may see him back sooner than later. So he'll play even more center field.
7: Hey, Claves, what did you make of the uh, the, the non handshake from CV Buckner and, and Ali Marmal a couple of days ago?
9: I, I thought it was bush league on Buckner's part. Uh, you know, and you play professional sports, and Randy, you've been covering it. You, you, if you, you if you don't turn the page, it'll eat you alive. And this is something that's been festering since last year. And for him to still carry that, I thought it was really Bush League on his part. Uh, I'm sure Major League Baseball spoke to him about it. And I think the fact that his his colleagues had to apologize on his behalf said all you needed to know because they obviously were ambushed by it as well. So, you know, it's not like this guy is the best umpire in the game. He's one of the worst, in my opinion. And for him to allow his emotions to get in the head, for Ali to get into his head like that uh, says a lot about his makeup. And, you know, Ali owns the, owns the cards now. I mean, he, you know, I mean, CB's credibility is now in question, not Ali's experience. So I don't know what to do with them. Uh, the question is, and he worked yesterday and they shook hands. And You know, I, I, like I said, you may forget, but you don't forget. But, you know, you, you got to do something about that. I, I've never seen that. In my career, I've seen guys get thrown out. Bring the lineup card out the whole plate because something happened the night before. But I've never seen something that festered that long for him to do what he did. And I don't know what he was
6: proven by it. Hey, Claves, I suggested to Kerry earlier that it would make sense just to put, like right now, with Buckner and Angel Hernandez, get Buckner, Angel Hernandez, and Laz Diaz all on the same crew together, and just get all of that bad stuff out of the way in one series.
9: Yeah, I, I agree. You know what? And the way the, the season works now, maybe you only see him two or three times mm. a year, and that'd be that'd be about enough.
6: <laughs> yeah. That'd
9: be, that'd... You know, here's the thing about Laz and, and, and Angel, two of the nicest people you will ever meet. Mm. I mean, these are the kind of guys that you would go out and have a beer with or a glass of wine. Uh, these are the guys who do so much behind the scenes for charities. I mean, they are two very outgoing people, But man, when it comes to the the game of baseball, and and here's the thing, they both know the rules. I've sat with both of them, and I ask them different questions about different rules, and man, they know it backwards and forwards, but it's just something about when when they do it at the wrong time, it just puts them in a bad spot, because they're really good
6: people. You you know what, there's got to be a worse doctor, too. You don't want to have them, but there's just got to be a worse doctor.
9: You know what? Love to hear about them. Don't want to meet them. <laughs>
6: <laughs> exactly. Hey, Claves, uh, you, your interview, uh, you and Ozzie and Nolan Arnato, still up. People need to go to YouTube and go to Claves Online and check out that great interview that you had with those two, and those two just kind of cutting it up. And uh, tell us what else is happening on Claves Online right now.
9: Well, the commission, Rick Hummel, has a column. He's working with Claves Online this year. So you can read him once a week, and we'll do a podcast once a week as well. So he's got a column up today. You can go to the website and check it out. Uh, we've got the two-man game with Rammer and Rocchio, Joe Joe uh, Roderick, and Rammer are going to start their daily cards segment here in just a bit. So we've got quite a few things going on. We're going to get into some hockey here in a bit as well. And uh, when you see Alex Ferrari, you'll tell him I haven't forgotten about him, man. But it's just been a little hectic down here. So, we we have literally all the bases covered, and, of course, we're going to continue to do our daily reports here for spring training. So a lot going on on clavesonline.com, uh, but I would suggest everybody check out Rick Hummel and certainly the Wizard and, and Nolan Arnotto. Uh I was very, very happy with that. I mean, those two guys were just so gracious with their time, and I think they got a bigger kick out of talking to each other than hmm. you would think. They're both fans of each other, and I think that's a cool thing. Gary, who was a, who was a guy you were a fan of that you had a chance to meet later in life?
7: Uh, you know what? I I've met a few people, but Tommy Smith from the '68 Olympics was probably my the person that I met, and I was the only person that I've been in awe of when I met him because I knew, you know, what that history was, what that that yeah. man did to, and all of the things that him and John Carlos lost because of their decision to to yeah. raise their fists yeah, at the right. Olympics. I met him, took a picture with him, and and had conversations with him. That was probably the one athlete that I can say was like, wow, I was really in awe.
9: You know, when you think about uh, Kaepernick and some other people who stepped out there, nobody ever talks about Smith and Carlos and the the price they paid as far Mm -hmm. as their career.
7: Yeah, that's
9: a great point you
7: make. Claves, do you have one more? No, well, Claves, I was going to ask you about Baruby and what you thought about his comments the other day about the players love, not caring or not playing hard enough.
9: I love, listen, I ran—I was in St. Louis for like about 36 hours the other night, and I ran into him somewhere, and I said, Whatever you're eating and whatever you're drinking, it's on me on behalf of every other fan who's thinking what you said. That's awesome. I mean, I, it, I love it. And you know what? Here's the thing. Craig Berube has more credibility than any of those guys. I mean, as a former player, a successful coach, and an honest coach. I mean, you know, we've seen some coaches come through St. Louis that weren't necessarily forthright, but I've never heard anybody say that Craig Berube lied to them or misled them or you know had an axe to grind. He just wants to coach good hockey players who want to play.
4: Mm-hmm. And if you
9: want to play and play hard, then there's going to be a spot for you.
6: Clay, it's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, boys. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, stay warm. Yeah, we will. We'll
9: try. You, you too. <laughs> I am warm already. Trust me. Uh,
6: will see you later. That's Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch towards a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax with Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to
2: the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock.
1: Let's rock today.
6: Did you know that 101 ESPN is your chance to score a pair of single session passes to the 2023 State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament? It's this coming weekend at Enterprise Center, the 33rd annual Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, hitting the court at Enterprise Center this Thursday, March 2nd through Sunday, March 3rd fifth tickets for Arch Madness are on sale now get all the ticket details at 101 ESPN.com you can win a pair of single session passes right now single session passes right now by texting in to 314-399-9646 that's 314-399-9646 and texter number 19 if you can answer this question you will get the tickets The question is, what was the last Missouri Valley Conference team to make it to the NCAA Tournament Final Four? Ooh. How about that? Very nice. Uh, Did I say text number 19? Mm Mm-hmm you did? Uh, that's who we're gonna gun for. Well, we aren't gonna gun for. I mean, we're in St. Louis, it's not a good thing to say. But no, we're going, that's what we're shooting for. That's not a good thing to say either. That's what we want, <laughs> yes. is somebody to be able to answer that question correctly. The last Missouri Valley Conference team, doesn't have to be the Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion, but the last team from the Valley to make it to the Final Four. If you can answer that question, you got the tickets for this weekend. How about that? Very nice. All right. Rock and roll. What do we got?
8: Yeah, I, I just I just I, I, I couldn't get away with playing this one. So we, we love Charles Barkley. He's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. We obviously love we love TNT. Uh, we love his takes. But I, I just I couldn't walk away from this one. Charles Barkley on why he would never join a super team.
2: I would never
9: join a super team ever because I know it won't mean as much. Even if I had to won a championship in Houston, it wouldn't have been the same feeling. Like, the one that Dirk Nowitzki got is worth two or three, in my opinion, because he never left Dallas. He said, hey, man, I'm going to do my best I can. Hopefully, they'll get me some help. But I'm glad uh, I would never surrender myself to try to play for a super team because, to me, it's like cheating. I said that before. I'm not just saying that now. Right. Uh, I think it's like cheating. Uh, but hey, listen. These guys give in to peer pressure a lot more than guys in
2: my generation.
8: That was Charles Barkley on First Take, and I know what you're thinking. Did he play for the 76ers his entire career? No, he did not. In fact, he went to the he went to the Phoenix Suns, and then two years removed from their two runs at a NBA championship, and with Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler still on the roster, he joined the Houston Rockets. He even said it, Kerry.
7: What is Charles on right now? Yeah, I, I think they were super team-ish. I mean, they were older in their careers with uh, Clyde and, and 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 Hakeem Olajuwon, but it was they still, five
8: uh, they, had, they had six guys who scored double digits the year before that. I they, get they the st-
7: sense that he, what he's
6: talking about is people that get together, like, like Bosh and w- yeah. Wade, yeah. or like the three that got together in Boston, yeah. right, when you had— Pierce, and he was joined by Allen right, and Garnett. Right. I, the, that Suns team was pretty well assembled, and he joined them. Yeah, they still
7: Dre- weren't a super team, though. No, Suns right. team was
6: no Drexler and Olajuwon had been they, in yes. Houston. They were they were established in Houston, yeah. and he joined yeah. them. So, and he he said, yeah, he he joined them. But I, I don't get the sense that what they what he was joining was like the teams that are being assembled by the players now.
7: Here's here's my my thing about championship, especially basketball teams, there is very I, – I went back. I think the 93 – the the Rockets team that won before Clyde got there would be the only team in my – in the last 20, 30 years that I can think of that had only one Hall of Famer on the team, on the roster. Even the Dallas team with, with Dirk, uh, Jason Kidd was on the team. Yeah, right. So you, you you look at the the roster and, and how they're constructed. You normally have to have at least – two Hall of Fame players on that roster in order to be a championship team. The only team that sticks out in my mind is that 94-95 that Rockets team that that won the championship mm-hmm. with just, well 93-94 Rockets team that won the championship with just uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. So the whole super team thing never, I don't think it really bothers me because you need two to three Hall of Fame caliber players to win a championship in the NBA. It, it's just it's just the rule. It's how it works. Um but I do understand that that championship that Dirk won versus a super team in, in LeBron and Wade and Bosh was a hell of a championship. That is a, a championship where you can look at it and say, yeah, we we beat the team that everyone thought yeah. could not be beaten. I look at what the uh the the and maybe I'm looking at the the Pistons team when they took on Shaq and and Kobe and was and Rashid and Cur- Ben yeah, and, and, and Chauncey and Carl and Malone they Happy birthday to T-Sean Prince I don't know how many of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers maybe Maybe Chauncey, maybe not, mm. maybe none of them. I would think Rashid
6: would be the closest, right?
7: She'd, or Ben? She definitely. Yeah. Is ben, Chauncey is ben, maybe.
8: Ben's like a weird wild card where you meet some people who think it would be like an, an, an affront to
7: put him in, but then you just think. Ben is in the Hall of Fame.
6: Okay. Yeah, I thought he was. Ben
7: Wallace is in the Hall of Fame. I was pretty sure he was. He may, That may be the only team that has uh, one other uh, Hall of Famer, as opposed to the the Houston Rockets, that those two teams are teams where you look at it and say one Hall of Famer can get it done, but that they had one point where that Pistons team had all five of them in the All Star game. Yeah, so right. y- you don't see that either. Um, but you're going to need two to three guys on your team to be a championship team uh, in order to be to have the success. So I don't I don't get too bothered or caught up with the Super Team stuff. Yeah. It, it takes that to win championships. It, it really does.
6: Great job today by our producer engineer Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, he's got his Go uh, pullover on. Great job today by <laughs> Carrie Davis as well.
7: CD. My man.
6: <laughs> and CD would not give us a, uh, a, a ZOU. He wouldn't
7: give, no, wouldn't I, give I the coach of Mizzou a I, 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 you, Randy, if you know how bad I felt about myself, I felt dirty. I had to go home and wash. <laughs> okay. Had to bathe, Good. shower after I said those letters. Carrie, Never again.
8: After the first gates. My man. After today? Yeah. Yeah.
6: And uh, welcome to Brooke Grimsley, to the show, she'll join the opening drive starting actually on Friday, she'll be with us and then in, uh, in perpetuity as it were. Uh, and uh, do, do we have a winner, we, I don't know if we have, a, let me see, did, did check the text, the last time a Valley team went to, do we have uh, 19 correct answers there, we do, uh, the last time a Valley team went to the Final Four, the last Valley team to go to the Final Four was Loyal of Chicago. Just uh, four years ago. So there you have it. That is this edition of The Opening Drive here on 101 ESPN. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, till tomorrow morning at 7, when, by the way, Dan Deardoff will join us at 9.15. Uh, Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.
1: You've been listening to The Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.